Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me. Fucking assholes. Smack them a god, bitches. It's me, Dr. Fucking in pain. Fuck. With. Oh, oh, that don't sound good. That's vodka oh, drunk. Yeah, that's. Oh, oh, oh this yeah. This is going to be a bitch to edit. It's the Ayatollah Alcoholi and Wadley. How's everybody doing? Uh, they're not here, and They're over there listening after we're talking. Oh, oh. You bastard. Oh. Piss in my cunt, you bastard. Piss in my fuck me, you bastard. <laughs> How All you right. doing, brother? Well, I'm not doing good. But uh, but at the same time I'm doing good. It's oh, okay. a it's a, you know I've uh, I can't pronounce what I got. I got something on my uh, upper thigh that is curable, but it's extremely painful. And I am now on Percocets. Yes, the doctor gave me Percocets. So I am laying here. This is the first time I think I've done this podcast laying down because I can't move and I'm in. Uh, not, I f- still feel some pain. You see, I did the Percocets yesterday. And it took away the pain completely, right. but it, it took a while. But um, but uh, it's getting there. I don't feel this uh, the the throbbing pain now. I just feel the discomfort pain. So as we keep going, because I only did the Percocet a half hour ago. So you know, once it gets full effect, man, we'll be going through the episode, and I'll be all got. I just gotta lay still. That's it. That's all. All right. Well. The good thing is, I know what's wrong with you. Uh, you know, because, you know, you texted me earlier, told me you were in the hospital and you had all this shit. So I'm worried. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, my meal ticket. What's happening? I, I Googled your symptoms. Oh, and yeah? Then, and, and, and then I, I sent them to James Kotak. Oh, and, and, not him. Not him. What's oh, that guy? James Kotak said, since you're Cuban, uh, which is basically half black, you have sickle cell anemia. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. that sucks. I don't. Th- that doesn't sound good. Yeah, and uh, he doesn't want to see you in any commercials. Oh he my just, God! He, you mean not going to be like Michael J. Fox now? Yes. Stay out of commercials, you shaky fucking Cuban. Very shaky. I'm gonna get a glass of milk and put it in my hand and have some milkshake. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But uh, one thing I wish I could talk about is iTunes reviews, but we have no new iTunes reviews. Well, what do you expect? We don't have no new episodes. What do you expect? Eh, well, still, I mean, there's plenty of people listening to the show who haven't left, you know. There, there's a lot of people, though, in our absence, though, who have left negative, uh, like negative ratings, but not a negative review, because that's how lazy they are. You know, they don't like the show. But they just give us a shit review, and but then don't you know, t- you know, expand upon it. Well, I uh, want to apologize to everybody out there because of Ian being on the show. Yeah, you know, I know it wouldn't be negative if you weren't on here. No, no, no offense, Ian. Oh no, I get that. I get that, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that, bro. I stick by you. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I Ian, wear it like a badge. Ian's, Ian's my bubba. I don't give a fuck 
if everybody hates you, I like you, and that's all what matters. You know, same thing with Bradville. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, you compare me to him? Oh, uh, I, l- let me tell you. All right, we're done with the iTunes bullshit, because I got to tell you the, the, yes. the miraculous thing that happened today and yesterday. Okay. All right. Yesterday, I was in really, really bad shape, right? right. And And I got very depressed in the morning, because yesterday was record store day. And I like going to record store day and get all the shit that I saw that was available that I wanted. And guess what, Ian? I didn't get to go to record store day yet. Everything I wanted is right here in front of me. Why? Well, because of two amazing people. One, I can't mention his name. The reason I won't mention this guy's name is because I know, and and I'm not talking about our, our, our viewers. Uh, our listeners, I, I, I trust you guys, you know, especially the ones on the Facebook page. But, you know, there are pickle whistlers out there that'll see me mention this guy's name and hit him up for free stuff. When I was on three sides of the coin, I was complaining that I went to all the record store day record stores and I couldn't find a record store uh, Spaceman picture disc. So the uh, uh, amazing person at E1 was listening Hit up Michael Brandvold for my address. Michael Brandvold could have said nothing to me. And I wouldn't have gotten anything. But he did. He hit me up. The guy got my address. He sent me the picture disc. A couple months ago, he sent me more E1 products. Yesterday, at my door, on Record Store Day, three Record Store exclusives and uh, one that's not exclusive. That Let me tell you something, Ian. The new Toxic Holocaust has to be the best one yet. Oh, uh, check it out. Oh, yeah. my God. He sent me that. He sent me the Ace Fairly Live. He sent me the Black Label Society, uh, Nuns and Roaches, which is a record day exclusive, right. and and Overkill, the Electric Age, which brings bonus live tracks. Both green vinyl. Oh, man, amazing. So then the other ones I wanted, which was Fight War Words on Vinyl, a Cheat Trick Live Dream Police Tour New Year's Eve, a Venom Picture Disc Live, and a Dio Picture Disc. Those are the other four I needed. I wanted badly. And yes, the great Charlie Hill not only picked them up, but he came here to my house and hand-delivered them to me. So, with me, with my bum leg that I couldn't go out, I got everything I wanted without going anywhere. Thanks to the great Charlie Hill and the great dude from E1. And thanks to Michael Brantfold for hooking that up. So, fuck yeah. Horns up to those two guys, those three guys. Thank you so much. And um, I'm one happy happy dude in bad condition. Well, that's awesome. You know what I got for for a day? I don't know. What? Jack shit, because nobody loves me. Well, you know what? If Charlie lived near you, he would have hooked you up. Uh, yeah, I, I love me some Charlie Hill. I yeah, Charlie Hill rules, dude. He fucking... I mean, he came to my house, dude. He came here. He, you know? he, he is one of the greatest fucking listeners we have. Him he, and Daniela, oh my God. Dude, yep. I mean, that, they are just awesome. But and the day the day before my birthday, in February 8th, he got me a ticket to see Cheap Trick. Right. Amazing. He's such, just such an amazing dude. He is. You know what he got me? Jack shit. Well, he got you something when you were here. 
Well, no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love this. You know how many beers that motherfucker bought me at Judas Priest? Holy shit. Yeah, you, you know oh why? Oh, my God. You know, you know why he did that, Ian? Because I was sitting next to you. Because you were here. <laughs> no, I, lo- I, I love these guys. I love Charlie Hill. He is fucking amazing. And I think that's awesome that everybody got you. I, I, you know, I found my thrill on Charlie Hill. <laughs> Dude, that is, he is one amazing dude. Him and Danielle, what a power couple. Yeah, Michael Branville. Never heard of him. But Charlie Hill and Danielle. You know, you should should thank me in because I edited so much ass lathering you gave Michael Branville on our episode. I edited it all out. And one of our pickle whistlers saying, I love how Ian told off Michael Branville. I was like, bro, honestly... I told Michael Brandfold off more than Ian. And I edited all that Ian said nice about him, and I kept everything I said nice about him to protect your legacy. Whoops, I just fucked it up. Whoopsie, Jingle. Uh, ah. oh, all right, well, fuck it. Let's get in the news since we got no iTunes reviews. Uh, well, something we can agree upon, a guitar player we both absolutely love is Andy LaRock. And Andy LaRock celebrate his 57th birthday on stage in San Francisco and uh, man I have not seen this you know this latest uh, King Diamond tour but you have uh, but man when I saw him a couple years ago what an amazing guitar player with a very unique sound and I, I thought that's a very important you know you brought up I think it was on one of your uh, YouTube videos like when I hear Andy LaRock I know it's Andy Rock. Yeah, because that was the Bob Kulick, because I'm like, you know, Bob, you're a good guitar player, but when I hear you play, or your brother, Bruce Kulick, yeah. I, I can't tell, oh, that's Bruce Kulick, oh, that's Bob Kulick, but when you hear Andy LaRoe play, you know it's Andy LaRoe, right. and when and you, and when you and hear we, Eddie Van Halen play, you know it's David Lee Roth. Right, and when you hear Bob Kulick, you're like, oh, that's Ace Fraley. And uh, that, that, that's the funny thing, the Bob Kulick thing, he's best known for pretending to be Ace. And his most memorable solo is him doing Ace. Yeah. Well, I, I, I still say, I'm, I'm not going to lie, my favorite Ace solo is uh, is him. You know, so what are you going to do? Mine is but, Ace, man. Strange Ways, Shock Me, those are the, uh, Making Love, those are the best Ace Fairly solos. Hey, as much as I love Strange but here, here's the thing. I can't be a bitch. I can't lie about it. I can't lie I about can't it. I can't either. Growing up, Growing up, one of my favorite solos of all time was fucking Larger Than Life. And he I was doing Ace. And I can't lie about it. So I got to give him props. But it's him doing somebody else. So He's know. a bitch. Bob Kulik's a bitch. He's no different than, and he has the same first name, Bob Kulik, Bob Daisley. Both guys kept going back, and now they bitch about it. Fuck you, fuck, fuck both of you. Yeah, and without either one of them, you get the new Ozzy album. So there you go. No, Vinnie Vincent saved Kiss. Oh boy. All right. Uh, uh, well, speaking of uh, Ozzy, did you hear about this shit? Musical gear that once belonged to Randy Rhodes was stolen from a school of music. What? Yes. When, when was this? That, that's a new story. It just came up today. Oh, okay. I haven't been on the internet today. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, that, 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 that's oh, sad. Oh, man, that sucks. 
Uh, really? Uh, You're gonna feel Randy Ro Oh, you know what, man? My my pain is flaring up again. I need uh, another yeah. Percocet. That's fucked up. That pisses me off, man. You don't touch Randy's stuff, man. You hear me, Sharon? Well, yeah. she did. She touched uh, Bob Daisley and Lee Karras like stuff. Yeah. Forgot. Yeah, but you know, as much as like you know, I, I I'm not the huge Randy Rhodes that everybody else is. I am. But uh, but I'm like, dude, you don't fuck with that, it, dude. It's Randy no. Rhodes. You, you don't. know. You want to steal something? Steal Mick Mars's shit so they don't go on the road. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. And no, it's just ridiculous, man. To steal, to steal anything that belonged to Randy Rhodes that's in a museum. I mean, that's just sacrilege. You know, you know I, 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 I am and, so... and this, this is coming from the guy who made fun of D. Like, I don't want to hear a song about your fucking mother. I'm saying. Don't fuck with anything that belonged to Randy Rose. And and, and 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 you're the guy that wishes death on people. And you know what? I'm gonna have to join you on this one. I hope whoever did that dies. Yes, I agree. I agree. Oh, you don't touch Randy shit. That's sacrilege, man. I I agree. I agree. He is far from my favorite guitar player, but he's Randy fucking Rhodes. Yep. Some shit is fucking sacred. <laughs> you know? Like, God damn. So, just don't tell me what they stole, okay? Let's just yeah, keep going because I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. I'll find out later, man. I don't want to know now. I want to remain in a good new, new mood. Yeah. yeah, well, it was like a couple of pickups and, and D's dentures. But, um, See, you had to tell me. Now I'm all pissed. D, I, know, D, I know. She died, too. You don't fuck with her dentures, man. I know. I know. I know. I don't want to tell you, but I but that, that wasn't Randy's, though. That was her. So you stole her stuff, too. On uh, top of Randy's, her dear mother got ripped off. Oh, fuck you. you, you I, I hope you're worm food soon. I hope you appear in the Irishman. That's what I like. That's what I like. I, I, I like hearing angry rap. I like that. Oh, well, you haven't heard nothing yet. <laughs> oh, we, yeah. We start, we start that review. Oh, 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 yeah. I ain't oh, gonna I... let you get the upper hand this time. I, I've been, I've been too lenient on your gay ass with Alcatraz and what was that last one? Uh, Candlemas. I've been too lenient. I'm yeah. giggled and stuff. I got a pain in my leg. I'm in no mood for your poser ass. Yeah, no. I, I, I hope you hate this album as much as me. I no, agree. no, I don't. Actually, it's the greatest thrash album ever done. Oh God, put on your fucking helmet. Oh uh, yeah, put on your. Uh, Speaking of helmets, holy shit, James Kotak. <laughs> oh my oh, god, what he is it the one that I put up like a couple days ago? Or did he say something new again? No, no, no he's got a new one. He's got a new <laughs> oh, one. all right, let's hear this one. Okay, his new one is hey, uh, immigrants and refugees, fix your shithole country first before you come over here. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, uh, there's a reason my dad came over here because my dad cannot fix that shithole country called Castro's Cuba. Nobody uh, can. Hey, we tried, we tried, and uh, with JFK, and it didn't work. So what is my dad gonna do? My dad came over here and made more money than James Kotak. Kotex. There. How do you like those apples, you fucking racist piece of shit? Fuck that guy. That guy. I mean. <laughs> Seriously, you know Blabbermouth's doing this shit on purpose. Well, 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 yeah, but I mean, I think he's also doing it on purpose as well because, I mean, other than this, who would give a fuck about 
James Kotek, you know, I uh, said, or, or Kotex, whatever the fucking, uh, you know, the, the fucking, uh, you, you know, uh, whatever girl shuffles the pussy. This That's whole immigration shit, the guy's an idiot. It, it's no different than it's always been. You want to come in here as an immigrant? Do it like my dad did, legally, okay? Don't fucking just fucking wander on, wander in here because it's illegal. Hello? You know? You know so this, this idiot is talking about everybody, like the people that come in here legally are, 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 are leaving their shithole countries. And I, hey, man, Cuba, I was there. I'm Cuban-blooded. It's my heritage. It's a shithole country. All right? I'm sorry if I'm politically incorrect, but I am scientifically correct. It's a shithole country. As far as Mexico or anybody else coming in from, I can't speak for them because I haven't been to those countries. You're saying Cuba is worse than Mexico? I don't know. I've never been to Mexico. Have you seen Rambo Last Blood? I love that movie. I bet you did. All oh, right, well, anyway, this, this, this guy, this guy, this Kotec guy, holy shit, what, uh, you know, uh, last week was, uh, you know, against interracial commercials and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, you know, this is something I got, I got, I got to ask you, like, seriously, like, seriously, if this bothers you, okay, because you, you hear this guy's thoughts, you know, and, and, and his stance. So, like, you know, to say you, you know, Lord King Ralph, uh, were to fuck a white woman, this would probably offend him. Because to him, you know, you're an immigrant, you know? You're, well, uh, no, technically you're, you're, I'm not. You're, you're non-white. I mean, you know how old this guy is? You have any idea how James Coltec... I may be uh, older or his age, which means right. I'm, I'm, a, I'm as much American as he is. In in your mind. No, talking, I was born I, in America. I'm more I American than you. you. No, 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 no. I get that. I get that. But I'm saying in his mind, you are non-white. So if you were fucking a white girl, I don't think James Kotek would like that shit too much. Well, I don't care. But, you know, look, uh, when it comes to me, it, it's not it's a non-issue because I really don't give a fuck what he thinks. But a, as a whole, as a whole, any white guy that dates a black guy or some a white guy that dates somebody out of nationality, how the fuck does that affect his everyday life? Nothing. It does nothing with his everyday life. Oh, no, it does, goddammit. Go on his Twitter account and you'll find out. Yeah, but I'm just talking in reality. Uh, the last thing I put up was when he said, oh, blacks only make up 30%, so why are they all over commercials? How does that affect your life? Seriously, how does it affect your life? Why? Because, you know, hip-hop is huge and it bothers you? Then do what Chris Holmes did. Get the fuck out of the country. Well, no, I mean, it's pretty obvious how it affected his life, okay? Like, you know, when when Tommy's doing Methods of Mayhem, uh, you know, his, his, his ex-wife, Athena, Tommy Lee's sister, met a brother, you know, who was into the rap scene, who, like, really, like, just, like, beat the shit out of her pussy. Just, like, beat the fuck out of it. And then, when this little dick motherfucker comes in, he can't feel anything. And he's mad. He's angry. And what do mad, angry white people do? Go on Twitter. You know? 
all races are yeah. all races have code tax in them. And I don't yeah. want to like just like put it on the white race because let me tell you some. Every white racist out there, there's somebody from another nationality just as racist. So I, I don't I don't subscribe to this fact that you know uh, let's let's focus on the white people be racist. Everybody's racist from it. Hey, Cubans are racist, man. You know I've seen it myself. Cubans think I'm American. Hey, you don't like me because I I like good thrash metal. No, you know? no, no. Yeah, well that's true. Uh, you like safe trash. Safe thrash. <laughs> Safe no, pussy trash. No, no, you said it right the first time. Safe, safe trash? Yes. All right, whatever. Trash rules, violence rules. What's next? Uh, what's next? Oh, uh, Kid Rock uh, recently got pulled off stage. Yeah, I in, saw that. In Nashville after going off on Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, and, and Joy Behar. And they were calling him racist. It was like... Uh, he's calling out a white woman, too. Kid Rock's no racist. Come on, the guy is, uh, you know, he does rap music and stuff. He's far from racist. Uh, he's well, an idiot. He, he, he used to. He used to. Now now he's white trash rock. Now now he's like, he's like fucking Molly Hatchet metal, you know? No, he's not that bad. Oh, uh, you don't think so? How I know so. You buy his albums? No, I don't keep up with that crap. All I know is that baba ba 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 bang ba bang bang the sugar sugar sugar, and that's like rap music. Right, so, right, right. But that was that was like years ago. But now now he's southern rock. Well, whatever, know? dude. All I know is I saw the footage, and there was some annoying female in the audience yelling racist, racist. Like, oh really? Because he said Oprah and a white woman, but you don't focus on the white woman. Give me a break. And, and I'm not protecting because you know what? Here's my point on what I'm, I'm against both of them. I'm against what Kid Rock did. You know why? Because Kid Rock is up there bitching about Oprah and The View. Who the, why the fuck? Why the fuck would you let shit like that bother you? You know, you're paying attention to shit like that. Therefore, you're a fucking idiot. So it's I call him. clickbait, clickbait. Well, I think the chick in the audience calling him a racist an idiot just like he is. It's like, dude, you're admitting that people like The View piss you off. Why do you even watch it? I would never watch The View or or Oprah Winfrey. I, I did. Well, I never saw The View, but I know what it's about because I've seen clips here and there. It's it's biased bullshit. And, and also, Oprah Winfrey's a big phony baloney, and I knew that since the 80s. But I never watch that shit anymore, and they are in a non-issue to me. I'm not going to go on stage and say, fuck Oprah and fuck Joe Bear. Because I don't want, it's like me going saying, fuck uh, Five Finger Donkey Punch. I don't listen to that shit. I don't care. I don't, uh, you know, too many people out there are so fixated on Kanye West, Gene Simmons, Lars Ulrich. They get under your skin. Therefore, they win. They uh, win. You know, the difference between Kid Rock and Five Finger Donkey Punch is people buy Five Finger Donkey Punch records. For now. Yeah, exactly. I bet you they haven't sold as much as Kid Rock did in his heyday. I guarantee it. That guy was mega popular. Fuck them all. Fuck it. Uh, you know, fuck Kid Rock. And I think he did a good thing with concert tickets. I'll tell you that. I applaud him on that. That I but, like. But that, he, that, 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 that I liked. But then again, it's a realistic. If you charge too much for a uh, Kid Rock show, how many people are going to show up? <laughs> I know. I won't show up even if it's free. 
Uh, All right. Well, here's something we can talk about. And you know uh, who will show up, Ian? Blabbermouth fucking people. They'll show up the Kid Rock Exactly. Show. So you know there's a big majority out there that like his yeah. fucking Oh, yeah, those, those Trump-loving fucking blabbermouth people. And, you know, and then, you know, people that love uh, whoever. Who, who who even is going up against Trump? That guy that gropes on little girls? What's his name? Um, Whatever. You know, they, they have their followers, too. I mean, they're right down the middle, man. You know, yeah, I, well, you, I think both sides are full of tards. You don't, you don't, you don't hear about Joe Biden rock. You know, but there's a lot of Trump rock, you know. Joe Biden. <laughs> but uh, how about Mick Mars? Yeah. He, I, hey, thank me for this one. Go ahead. He says he's going to release his solo debut record. Oh, yeah, at, that's not what I said. And he said if it's not his solo debut record, you can all download it for free. <laughs> well, you know, I was the one. Well, I, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, uh, I don't know the person's name. But somebody did put it up on my feed, him saying that if they ever get back together, it'll be for free. And I was the one that put it out there. And I kept telling people, please make this viral. Please share it. When it finally broke big, I got sent uh, a comment from Blabbermouth where people were going, Dr. Fuck deserves the credit for this shit. I because, saw that. I did see that. Because people, that shit was up for, like, since the reunion was announced, that was up. I was the one that kept pushing for it, pushing for it. I saw it was going nowhere. Then I finally put it up on my YouTube page to get, and it got traction. And I am responsible for letting everybody know. Then you see Steel Panther saying it, and all these other people. Just like you know when uh, when Nikki Six got pissed off at at, at uh, the singer of Steel Panther for eluding that that Vince was fat. He didn't actually say he was fat. He said, "Oh, I want the old Vince Neil back." And, and Nikki Six bashed him. What did I do? I went up on my YouTube, who, which is approaching 15,000 subscribers, by the way. And I said, hey, look at this interview where, where Nikki Six says when 400 pounds of blubber hit a coral reef when they were talking about uh, right. back then uh, Vince's um, oh, uh, I remember watching. an accident. Well, yeah. it got viral and it got the attention of Steel Panther. And then Steel Panther put up my clip. So it seems like I, you know, when it comes to, you know, the hypocrisy of Motley Crue, I'm getting that news out there. Vince, uh, Nikki calling uh, Vince fat, and Nikki and Mick Mars saying that shit will be free. I'm responsible for going out there. And yes, I will stop my Bob Kulik impression. I got a Grammy, by the way. Thank you. I am bragging about myself, and I know it, it annoys me when Bob Kulik does it. So I'm proud to say I am a hypocrite. Well, uh, speaking of hypocrites, Sammy Hagar says, uh, what he learned from working with Ronnie Montrose is, I don't want to play in a band with people I don't like. And somebody retweeted that, and it was Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like to work with people he don't like, yet he went on tour with David Lee Roth. Another hypocrisy. All right, I'm not that bad of a hypocrite. Oh, Remember? my God. And I, I just gotta say, I just got this uh, this bootleg the other day. Holy shit! Uh, a David Lee Roth bootleg from 1984, House of Blues on the uh, Your Filthy Little Mouth tour. 94. 94. 94. Uh, holy shit! Is it good? I saw that tour. Does he sound fucking amazing? This is probably the best. 
I've ever heard David Lee Roth sound live. Unfortunately, it is the worst fucking set list ever because a lot of it's from Your Filthy Little Mouth. I saw that tour. Uh, what was that guy's name? Killjoy or something like that? The guitar uh, player? Terry Kilgore. You know, that guy was like a mentor to Eddie. Did you yeah. know this? Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. But, all right. Uh, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. But, uh, but uh, God damn, what a horrible... He doesn't even play Yankee Rose. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, he. I'm pretty sure. Oh man, my 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 mind is kind of mushy now. But I could have sworn he did that that night. Well, this is a thing recorded, I guess, for like Westwood Live or West, you know, whatever. Like, you know, back when people listened to terrestrial radio and shit. Uh, but God damn, Dave like really sounded good in voice. Uh, remember the lyrics? Did he all was hungry. Shit? He was hungry at that time. Oh, oh, Dude, yeah. I saw, I saw that toward the Button South, which is a club. So oh, he dude. was struggling, and he had something to prove. Oh, dude, and, I, saw, I saw him at the tour after that in Orlando, dude. And it was, it was embarrassing. Uh, but he didn't do as good as he did on this. Like, this was, like, really, really good. I think the best time I ever saw David Lee Ross sing was 2007, the first Van Halen reunion. I thought that was his best performance. The one yeah. thing I remember vividly about that Button South show is when Dave goes, hey, Sammy Hagar, you're number one, and he put up his middle finger. Yeah. And the place went apeshit. Because he is awesome. a piece of shit. I mean, yeah. I mean Sammy yeah, Hagar. Yeah, you know, and, and we haven't talked about this news when he said, oh, man, I really wish they would talk to me, the brothers. It's like, yeah, dude, after all, every fucking interview you did to, to, before and after to sell that shitty book of yours, all you did was slam Eddie, and then you slammed him more in the book, and then in his book, he even talks about how uh, Eddie had to show Michael uh, the bass lines, and then when Eddie said it, Sammy has a video going, hey, hey, Eddie, fuck you, fuck you for saying that. It's like, bitch, you said it before Eddie did, motherfucker. God damn, uh, I hate him. That's right. I, I just got, I got a... Uh... A Van Halen bootleg uh, from the Diver Down Tour, uh, Dallas, 1982. I have it. That's one of the greatest uh, guitar solos ever. The eruption section, one of the greatest that he's ever done. Right, but what I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm talking about though is like like uh, Mike's bass solo is basically 1984. If you listen to it, uh, I, I, all I know is Mike Mike's bass solo was always pointless. You know, it's yeah. like it's like Gene Simmons bass solo. They're good right. bass players, but they don't show off during their bass solos. Right, right. But you know, I'm less doing like eh, you know. And then I I know like everybody is making fun about you know what Dave said like, oh I wrote the guitar solos, I wrote this, I wrote that, you know. And it, it just, like, like on on face value, on face value, yeah, it's laughable. It's so laughable. But then, on the other hand, I'm thinking like, hmm, well, every album they did without Dave sucked a big fat dick, so. I, and you know what? And I will say this in Dave's defense. I wouldn't be surprised if Dave came up with a guitar solo for Ain't Talking About Love. Because it's not a shreddy guitar solo. It's a solo for the song. That, that part, it's like, you know, maybe Dave did write that. You know, and... and, well, it, no. and uh, ain't talking. Uh, everybody wants some has the same type of solo, and it works with the song. So maybe Dave is responsible for a solo or two. But come on, dude, every song well, is laughable. 
I, I, I will say maybe Dave gave direction. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's no way you can say, like, oh, I gave, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I told him to do this, not told him to do that, because the motherfucker's Eddie Van Halen. You know, but then again, what did Eddie Van Halen do without David Lee Roth? Jack fucking shit. You know, he did fucking horrible fucking keyboard solos. So it's like, eh. Yeah, he, he, did guitar, he did guitar solos too, but they were weak as fuck. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it, you know, then you can blame Sammy Hagar for writing Eddie's solos. You but, know? Uh, but uh, you know, you know, here's the thing that uh, uh, I had a point. Now I don't know what it was. There was something about but, well, you're uh, talking about how Dave wrote the solos and you're kind of like making an excuse for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't think he's right, but uh, I don't know. Uh, well, you know Van, Van Halen without David Lee Roth sucks. Well, I mean, that's, that's, well, that's, that, that, that's a proven fact. Well, I mean, that's David, Lee Roth, David Lee Roth's persona, influence, and vibe inspired oh, Eddie. Oh, I, yeah. I, I know what I want to say. I know what I want to say. Um, Lately, Dave has made some comments that are very anti-Eddie that I thought were kind of weird. There was this thing like, you know, while everybody's speculating about Eddie's health and shit like that, there was one interview where Dave said, you know what, I'm getting tired of fucking waiting on the guitar player, which I thought was kind of like, whoa, whoa, that's kind of, yeah. why would you say that? You know, that's not good. Like, 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 if you're in a healthy relationship with the Van Halen, why would you say something like that? Because that came off kind of very, like, not giving a fuck. Yep. Uh, so I, th- I, I think they're at a horrible relationship right now, and uh, they probably have been for a while, you know. And even Eddie made this comment uh, that I didn't like a few years ago. Uh, where it was kind of a question about Sammy or Dave and he said well at this point people are so used to Dave's voice and that's the only thing they're going to accept and I accept that and I didn't take that as like a glowing recommendation of you love Dave it's just like you know what's going to put asses in seats and it's not fucking Samuel or Rachel Hagar Uh, you know so I, I think shit's like pretty fucking bad uh I want a new goddamn Van Halen record. And with all the shit that that Eddie has in the vaults, you could do some amazing shit. I mean, I mean, look what they did with fucking A Different Kind of Truth, which was, you know, basically made of old songs and all this other shit. But a couple little new ones. But it was amazing. They could do that again. You know? But uh, I, I think these guys just hate each other. But... To see Dave come out and say something like, oh, the fucking guitar player who's dying of cancer made me wait. Uh, that ain't good. That ain't good. But the one thing I hope for, and I, I know this is going to sound terrible, I, I hope Eddie dies before uh, he makes up with the fucking uh, Sammy. It's not going to happen. I'm telling you this right now. He... He's he, if Eddie lives a long, healthy life, he's not getting back with Sam. Sammy. Burned that bridge, worse than KK did with Priest. I don't know, but but Dave burned it pretty fucking bad. Well, Dave, no, I'm saying I'm. I think they're both out now. 
and and Dave's doing a bad job right now. You know, he's like talking shit about Eddie. He's getting ready to do a solo tour, but it's just like, please, please don't let it end with oh, we're gonna do one last tour where we play fucking uh, dreams and shit. You know, it's like oh, not gonna. Don't worry about it. Rest your little head there, Ian. There ain't gonna be no Van Hagar reunion. Mark right. Or right. would you like to bet? No, no, because I know how it goes. Well, first of all, I have no fucking money, but I know how it goes when we bet. Well, neither do I. That's why I want to bet because I know it's a for sure thing. I can have so, to. Uh, but no, I, I I love that. I, you're you're usually right, and uh, and uh, I I hope you're right here. Like, please just. Just let, let something happen. Let somebody die. And I'm hoping it's Sammy. Like, let, please let Sammy die. So it, there's, like, no, like, no chance it'll ever happen. And, and, then, and then maybe Eddie and, uh, you know, Dave will laugh like they got, you know. But as long as there's no chance of Dave. They need to get Sean Killian. That's who they need to get. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, fuck oh. you. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. Running with the devil. Let's, let's go to a, song, a singer that's almost tied for worst. That's Vince Neil. Uh, Vince Neil had to undergo hand surgery. Viking. Viking disease. That sounds metal as fuck. It does. It does. And, uh, and it's a very nice way to say liposuction. <laughs> it, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Maybe he went in for liposuction. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, because there's this whole thing like Live Nation wants him to lose 40 pounds. I, I, I think this hand thing is a bunch of shit. I think he's going in for some more lipo yeah. because he he did that right before Motley Crue went on their first reunion tour. I did not know that he did, and, huh? Oh yeah, there was. A, don't you remember that show on VH1, uh, the remaking of Vince Neil? They gave him, I didn't watch it. They gave him liposuction? Yeah, well, they, they, they put him on a diet. They did all this, and then they gave him liposuction. Wow, I did not and, know that. Yeah, and they did all this shit before that tour, you know, to make him, you know, because, you know, people with two ears know it sounds like shit, but women want to see a thinner Vince Neil. He needs to do the gastro surgery. I, I know a girl that did that. And and uh, if they eat too much, they throw up. You know, they make right. the stomach smaller. Right, and that almost killed uh, Sharon Osbourne. I don't know if you know this, but that that's no, true. no. Yes. But did Sharon say it? Because that girl just wants to keep drama out there constantly. Well, well, no. It's it's because like if you eat too much, like you know, you'll throw up, or your heart, your uh, stomach will explode. And, and and Sharon, after she got it, kept eating like you know, eating like she ate before, and damn near died, you know, because she's a fucking pig, and and you know, and and I'm worried about Vince Neil because this guy, he likes to party. I love Vince. I hope Vince Neil is the longest living member of Mountain Crew. I, I I do too, but I don't. I think he's gone before fucking Mick. I I. I, I you know what? I like Mick. I got my two favorite. Well, actually, I would say the only two members I like are Vince and fucking Mick. Mick's a bitch. And and, and I hope they both live. Uh, you know, I want to see Tommy and fucking Nicky die first. That's for sure. And then I want to see him replaced with somebody with mediocre talent, and then nobody notice because they were such mediocre fucking players. 
Mick Mars, as a musician, he ain't nothing special. And I feel like he's a bitch. Uh, what they portray in the dirt is just another one of the big lies. He ain't a badass like that. Motherfucker's Nikki's bitch. He's like fucking Ozzy's to Sharon. Nikki is his Sharon Osbourne. Guy's half dead, fucking weekend at Bernie's, and they always pull him out on tour because that's what's going to sell. You need the four original members. And, oh, now, like, I, like I, re I recall you bitching about James Hetfield bitching about Load. Well, Mick Mars is doing the same shit about Generation Swine many years later. Oh, I hated that album. I didn't like doing it. Yeah, but you step in line, you old fossil. You do what Nikki and Tommy tell you to do because it's current and you're their bitch. And that's what Mick Mars is, his bitch. He doesn't say, hey, shut up, drummer, or shit like that. He's a little bitch. Motherfucker goes on record saying he hates Kiss. But what does he do during the beginning of Motley Crue's career? Spits out blood like Gene Simmons. Fuck that guy. That guy. And then with, oh, I'll make everybody, I, I'll make everybody go for free if we reunite. And now he says, and I quote, I was, quote unquote, clearly joking and then uh, after that sentence he says i really did think that we were going to end uh if you were clearly joking and you thought you really were going to end then you weren't really clearly joking at the time when G mick mar said hey we're going to make a hundred quadrillion dollars off night uh, live nation i don't have to work another day in my life so uh, I, you know what? We're never going to get back together. He wasn't joking. He really did think that, like his sentence, second sentence was the truth. I really did think we're not going to get back together. But being the bitch that he is, Nikki said, yo, old man, time to fucking wheel you out and, you know, and put you up on stage again because I need the money. Because my 6 a.m. project didn't uh, go pan out like I used to. And if you go back to our episode back when that, farewell tour was happening i called it i said nikki six things that 6 a.m is going to continue helping him financially and he's going to remain this big rock star that new album came out flopped hard that he doesn't even want to work with those guys again because he knows it's uh, you know he thought that album was going to be like a big seller it didn't work out like i predicted and now he needs motley money again because the guy's got 17 ex-wives and 2500 children you know, so of course he needs, you know, uh, I heard recently they cut off the heater of his fucking hot tub. So, you know, he needs money again, you know, and Tommy Lee. And I got to say, you know, as bad as Mick Mars is, Tommy Lee's the biggest bitch out of all four of them because he hates it. He hates playing that fucking music. Can't stand it. And that's even not, look, there's a special and I saw this not too long ago, actually, the resurrection of Motley Crue where they're sitting around a table and, and clearly Tommy clearly says, I don't want to go up there and play those damn songs anymore. I'm just, I'm just sick of it, you know? And we all know this from his solo career. So he's, a, they're all bitches. Vince Neil, I would give the pass to, because Vince Neil loves, Vince Neil loves Motley music more than all three of them combined. That's the truth. So all he right. doesn't mind going out there. Well, here's the part where you think I'd defend Mick Mars. But, uh, He's, he's not a guitar player with credibility like fucking, uh, uh, I don't know. Warren D. Martini. George exactly, 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 exactly. I forgot. I couldn't, I'm too drunk to say Warren D. Martini. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, they're all bitches, dude. 
And it's subpar fucking music, dude. It's really... Like, if you look at Motley Crue's career, dude, it's really... It's about as bad. I, I, I saw a post that, uh... You know, a very, very popular uh, person on her post, uh, Joe Bob, uh, Jim Bob. Yeah, yeah, Di- Dimer. Yeah, Dimer. He, he, he stole my, my shtick. Uh, <clears throat> but he's talking about he's talking about uh, Hanoi Rocks. Yeah, they're about as relevant as fucking Hanoi Rocks. Uh, yeah, 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 oh, musically. 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 They they have this thing. They have this thing like, like Guns N' Roses has this thing. That is bigger than what they are, and bigger than what they did. It, it, it it's like desperate old people holding on to the fucking eighties, but they're holding on to the wrong fucking eighties. They're holding on to the wrong fucking music. You know, they're holding on to the safe shit, the, the fucking bullshit shit. You know, fuck these motherfuckers. I think hey. Shot the Devil is a solid album, a great album, but you know, everything after that spotty at best. Few good songs on some yeah. of those albums later, you, but you know what else? Shout is, the Devil is way better. You know what else is spotty at best? Is '94. No, Nin- I, I love that one. I, I tell you what, '94 has some good songs on. I think don't it's all good. All, yeah. Every song's awesome. See, I, I, I don't agree there. I, well, think I do. I think I, it's I, awesome. I think it's an awesome album. I, I don't I, think I, it sounds like Motley Crue though, except for Hammered. Well, no, it sounds better. But it's it, it's overproduced. There's far too many songs, uh, you know. But uh, I love, I love you know, c- compared to Motley Crue, yeah, it sounds fucking awesome. But you know, you put a couple of docking albums next to Motley Crue, it sounds fucking better. I mean, give me a fucking break, dude. It's Motley Crue. It's not a fucking Led Zeppelin. It's not well, Van Halen. It, it, it's fucking Motley Crue. It, I mean, you're setting the bar really fucking low. You're setting the bar really fucking low, like, oh, it's a great Motley Crue record. Like, what? what is the fucking bar, Shout of the Devil? That's that, a great Motley Crue album. Yeah, but that's the only fucking bar. It's not like Led Zeppelin. It's a bar, though, you know? Yeah, but... You, where, like, where, Appetite for Destruction is a bar. They at least got a bar. You know? Right. Right, but what I'm saying though is the grand scheme of things. Like, uh, okay, look at a band like Led Zeppelin. Very, very diverse fan base. Like, I know a lot of people said like, okay, Zeppelin peaked with the first album, or they peaked with the second album, or they peaked with the third album, or the fourth album, or fucking Houses of the Holy, or Physical Graffiti. That's a fucking bar, you know. That's where you have wow. like, okay, like. Okay, this. But, you know, when you set the bar real low, that's like saying, you know, the best Culture Club album is the first Culture Club album. You know, that's the bar you set when you set a Motley Crue level fucking bar. You know? Well, you know, it's all all a matter of musical taste. And and oddly enough, I do agree with you. Uh, But but our musical taste doesn't apply to everybody. But I will say this. I do feel that a lot of people are misguided by Motley Crue. I think uh, the image uh, talks to them more than the music. You think? I you think, yeah. You fucking think? I think, oh, yeah. Well, well, I think you're fucking absolutely right, I, dude. But, you know, I mean, I, I do worship. I think Shout at the Devil, personally, it's just my opinion. I think it's perfection. I think it's traditional metal perfection. And I am not one of these people that's going to say, oh, I love the Motley Crue 94 album because it didn't sell. 
You know, that's to me the equivalent of people that say, for those about to rock or flick of the switch is right, better than right. pack of black. Just is, to be like, countercultural. Right, but you say the same thing like you think Out of the Cellar is a great album, but you don't worship Rat as a whole overall. Just like Motley Crue, uh, Rat has one album that has no filler. Just like Motley Crue. Because right. I'm not going to count 94, because 94 is not Motley Crue to me. It doesn't sound like Motley Crue. It, their musical direction's not like Motley Crue. It's totally different than anything they've done before. The riff to Hammered, which is something, oddly enough, uh, John Karabi brought to the very first meeting with them. So it's just coincidental that this guy wrote a riff that sounds like something off fucking uh, Too Fast for Love or something. But 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 everything else on that album, dude, Uncle Jack, Power to the Music, Hooligans Holiday, Welcome to the Numb. You, I, I defy to find any song even remotely close to any of those songs. It's a whole different band. R- really? A, you, don't, you don't think it sounds like something for nothing? What song? Something, something for, for nothing. I actually, I actually like that one. I know, oh. that's why I'm goofing on you. But it sounds nothing like anything off 94, no. And it sounds nothing off Shattered the Devil. It's, look, Motley Crue sometimes... But it sounds, it sounds a lot like fucking Bang Tango. Well, I got to tell you this, man, and it is uh, the consensus. Uh, something for Nothing's not a very like song. Yeah. A lot of people don't like that song. I Me? know. I like that song. But, you know, in my defense, man, you're going to put that next to Bad Boy Boogie and All in the Name of and all these <laughs> other crappy songs. It sounds good to me, man. I, I, I like the vibe of that song. I like the, the structure of the verse. But- you had me a bad boy boogie. <laughs> bad boy boogie. I mean, seriously. Bad anybody, is bad. Anybody that likes bad boy boogie, the reason you like bad boy boogie is because back then you liked Vince Neil's ass in those leather trousers. Yeah, I, I got to tell you what. Ralph is 100% right right now. <laughs> now. God damn. Right yeah, now. Not, not later. <laughs> right now. Not later. But uh, that reminds me... Uh, you know, another funny story coming up right now. Um, Dizzy Reed looks back on three decades with Guns N' Roses. Yeah, he should be happy. That's a lot of money there. When you think of Guns N' Roses, do you think of Dizzy Reed? No, I think of Duff McKagan and Steven Adler. <laughs> you don't think of Dizzy Reed? No, neither, I don't. It, neither does anyone else. Why should he even be interviewed? Well, and Dizzy's... Expe- Dizzy's uh, and, uh, I gotta say that uh, Axel thinks of him. Obviously. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, all right, here's something I haven't listened to, but I actually want to listen to, and I wish I would have before the news. But, uh... uh Philip Selmo's band Scour released a cover version of Bathory's Massacre. You know, they're a death metal band. They're pretty good. I like them. You dig it? Yeah, Scour, I... Scour is uh, it's pretty good death metal. I like it, actually. No, no, no. I mean, I mean I've mean, i heard them, but I, I didn't hear their cover of Bathory's No, no, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. Okay, well, I would like to hear that. Because, uh, Bath- I'm sure Bath- it's good. Bath- Bathory is a band I admit uh i got turned on to and by some like nine times out of ten i disagree with this person and and borderline to where i can't stand him but is uh razor fist but i watched uh the razor fist metal mythos 
on uh Valkyrie on... is amazing man yeah no no i watched it and i listened to it i was like let me check you and actually the funny thing is i already had all these bathroom albums like i download them like ah this is a band maybe i need to check out later and then when i saw his metal mythos i was like all right let me go listen and i was like that shit ain't too bad you know i like this shit yep so, so uh yeah, I, I think I'm, I think some of the Motley Crue fucking gum, cum guzzlers should should uh look at some early pictures of Corthorn. He kind of looked like Mickey Six. Maybe you'll like the music then. You fucking image over fucking music fucking cum guzzlers. Yes, he yes. looked like Mickey Six, so therefore you should like it. He's got that image. All right. Well, uh, right now I think. Let me check real close. But I think I'm running out of uh, metal. Well, I, I know we got but, but, a big story that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, okay, well you got a big story, but I would like to talk on uh, something we we touched on last week that I thought was interesting was movie stories. But if you have a music story, uh, go into music story. Well, Ace Frehley, dude. Oh, we talked about this. Oh God, I I I tell you what, I hope she loses everything. I hope she gets sued. For every album that he's put out since 1978, for being so shitty, I hope they all blame it on her. Ace ain't no saint either, but that girl is a definitely gold digger. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Ace, Ace is what, like 103 now? Yes, something like that. And you know, recently on, and I, because somebody told me, I know you don't like Eddie Trunk, dude, but you gotta hear Eddie Trunk's interview. And I gotta give it to Eddie Trunk. I'm gonna give something positive I gotta say about him. I, I, I don't hate Eddie Trunk. I don't hate him. I just find him to be a hypocrite. I really don't hate that, the guy. That, and that, that, that's what I'll get. That's what I, I'll get. I, I also think that he doesn't explore new music. He only explores newer music of people that have like big managers that make him listen. Like the Struts. And, so, and have you heard the Struts? Have you heard that band? I've heard of them, but I haven't heard. But what I, what I will say. It's terrible. It's fucking is, terrible. Uh, once again, I, I won't say this person's name because I respect their privacy and I respect what they said to me in private. But they said they, they told me personally, they said, Eddie is cool, but he's not one of us. He is cool. I met him. He's super and, cool. He did and that- and, and I, I, I met him too. But I, as soon as he told it to me, I knew exactly what he meant. You know, he's not one of us. Uh, which means he likes a lot of the same music we do, but he doesn't live it. He doesn't breathe it. He's not a hardcore metal fan. Yeah, he's he's not one of us. He's, he's stuck not, in the eighties. And, and and a lot of us have our own like like Ralph and I have very different tastes. Uh, you know, but there's a lot of shit we agree upon. A lot of shit we love. But there there is a common ground. There is a common dirt. That Ralph and I are both born from. That well, we, we still love. we still explore new music too, which is a big difference. Right, we, right. Our, the music that we explore, we don't have somebody tell us to. Hey, listen to this. We right. go and we, we discovered ourselves. Right, right. And, and 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 we're honest about our shit. We don't care what anybody says or what kind of you know listens it gets us or anything like that. We're honest with everything. So you know, as different as we are. But when this guy told me that, it's like he didn't even need to expand. And this is somebody who's well-respected in the metal community, by the way. 
All I know, all I know is that Eddie Trunk has no problem pointing out the hypocrisy of Paul Stanley, and Lord, there's a lot of hypocrisy there, and all the bullshit that they spew, but he doesn't say a word about somebody that makes fucking, uh, you know, uh, these fucking people look like Abraham Lincoln. They make, yeah, you know, yeah, well, uh, that's Sammy Hagar. Yeah, doesn't, it, doesn't once tell Sammy, hey, Sammy, you weren't headlining 1984 arenas. You didn't sell. Dude, Sammy Hagar said to Eddie Trunk, and I quote, that he had three platinum albums before he joined Van Halen, and Eddie didn't call him out on that. Come on. Right. You know, fuck that guy. That guy, and look, he's a nice guy. I met him. And he, and, he, and, and the shit he likes from back in the day, hey, I like it too. He loves Coney Hatch. He likes some of that obscure shit. See, that's when Eddie Trunk was real. But oh, that, yeah. goes, that goes for, and I'm not going to mention his name, but my dear friend who I love dearly, that me and him grew up. You met him at the Judas Priest show, remember? I, I know about? that guy. Yeah, I know who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, this guy, me and him discovered, you know, Raven. Uh, you know, little kids, Deep Purple, made in Japan. You know, I mean, this guy, Man of War, everything new. He then he just stopped. He just stopped. That's Eddie Trunk. Eddie Trunk, when he was young, was like my friend. Discovering new. Sh- I mean, for Eddie Trunk to like Coney Hatch means the guy did look into shit. You know, because oh, Coney yeah. Hatch is obscure. But well, he just stopped. Like, like, like when, when we did our interview with the great Johnny Z, which was a fucking fantastic interview. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. He said Eddie was the commercial half of things, you know? Right. And that's what it is. He likes the commercial shit. He doesn't like it, you know? And I always find it, you know, funny, like, you know, he always does all this shit, you know, overkill. He always talks about overkill, you know, because they kind of came over the same era. But I don't think he listens to overkill. Not you know, newer I, overkill, that's for sure. Yeah, he doesn't like that shit, you know? He likes fucking slippery and wet kind of shit. Yeah. You know? And uh, but when I met him, he, he he was nice to me. But it was the same thing. I was so nervous, and I I was so drunk. I was like I was supposed to meet Eddie Trunk like hours before I met him, and some shit happened where I didn't get to meet him hours later. And I was I was drunk, but I'm like joking around trying to have fun with the guy, you know, like in a Wadzilla way. You know, I'm trying to have fun with him, and he was just like, uh, uh, you know, like well, he's a sober cat too, you know. Yeah, you know, and I don't trust them motherfuckers. Yeah, know? people that do drugs like me get you, dude. Yeah, I mean, people who do drugs or drink or did, you know, have or whatever. Uh, yeah, I stopped. You know, I mean, I'm on drugs now, but you know, you know how I am. Right, I right, right. I can't drink no more. I can't do drugs no more. But I get you because I was, I was a fuck up just like you, bro. Right, right. But you, you get it. But you could just tell when he didn't get it, and I was so. I was so disappointed, and I'm, I'm like trying to throw in in jokes because I listened to his like live show for years until his Friday night show wasn't live. You know, like the, the guy who actually took the request, he knew me by name. When I called him, he's like, "Hey, it's Ian, right?" I was like, "Yeah, Ian from New Orleans," you know. And I even made a joke about that to him. He's like, "Oh, whatever," you know. I'm like. You're, you're not one of us. You're not a dot. You don't live. In I Bloomberg. should be Eddie Trunk. A lot of people say that. I, I keep seeing that comment. Dude, you should be in Eddie Trunk's position because at least you'll talk about newer music to keep the metal alive. This guy, dude, I mean, how many times can you talk about L.A. Guns? You know, right. I mean, I should be Eddie Trunk because we have the same, like, you, you know, uh, uh, you know, this 
the same uh, physical fitness regimen. Well, know? no, that, you know, that's not, not. No, you shouldn't. And another thing, look, and I know it's it's facetious and and poser of me to say it, but honestly, dude, that metal show, you know, honestly, it's kind of hard for me to like take three short hair guys serious. When it comes to metal, get a long hair in there, man. Come on, yeah. you know. And 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 before all you short hair little fucking conformists say anything bad, let me explain something to you. I have long hair. Ian has long hair because we live a life of we do whatever the fuck we want. We don't conform. And we, we take we take shit for it. And we take shit, and especially me more than you, because those stupid spick relatives of mine. But that's a whole other story. But let me tell you. If you have long hair, to me, you can have, dude, you can have two short hair guys and one long hair guy. And to me, it, it seems a little more legitimate. And I guarantee you, the long hair guy out of those two short hair guys will be talking about Night Demon and Enforcer. You know, while these two exactly. are talking about L.A. Guns and fucking Bang Tango. Exactly. You know, I, you know, just look. And I love the past. Don't get me wrong. And 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 in many ways, I'm stuck in the past but i have that little part of me that likes look when you become my ag and it gets even more difficult oh, yeah. to find newer shit you like but i still do but it's rare it's oh, rare like you know what? enforcers now my my new go-to band you know it was night demon still is night demon i look forward to their new stuff and you know and i want to tell you something too about night demon that i just found out recently about them you know those guys they live in a warehouse with no bathroom and they have been for the past six years. A lot of bands are like that. A lot of bands that are struggling, they, they you know, Motley Crue cannot fucking last a year in a fucking, in, 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 in look where they lived at a fucking, uh, at some fucking apartment next to the whiskey that had running, uh, running water and all that shit. You give them like, Night Demon's been at it, what, four or five years? Motley Crue would have disbanded by now if they didn't get big. It, and, you, you need heart. You need real heart. And, and for you hardcore motherfuckers, uh, you might remember this story, but uh, the, the first time Ralph and I ever talked live on Skype, the first thing he said to me, he goes, you have long hair, good. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, it, it is, it, it is a thing. Like you get, you get to Ralph the Mind's age, and you have long hair, there's a stigma, there's all this bullshit, but we don't give a fuck. You know how much shit I get every day at work about, you know, long hair and a ponytail and going gray and doing all that? I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm metal. I'm I, love, I, love, I love all these short hair fuckers that put up pictures of when they had long hair. It's like, that makes you even look worse, you poser. Yeah, they, they, they have no hair, but their beard is like three miles yeah. long. No, but uh, you know the, the ones, out of here. The, the the guys that are balding, I can give them a fucking pass because you know scarlets don't look that great. But if you got a full head of hair and you cut it real short, I'm sorry, man, you're a conformist. Fuck you. Not in all cases, but in most cases, you know I, that's the way I look at it. And like you know these three guys at the metal, you have three shorter guys, and and every time they talk about something new, it's like you know it's it's management. It's people that that they're friends with that they're promoting these dance. I, you know, you, I, I would, you know, if Eddie Trunk was to come out and say, you know, like, you know, Night Demon doesn't have good management, obviously, or, uh, you know, or Enforcer, or, 
or Warbringer. I mean, I can go down the list. Suicide Angels, all these yes. bands that don't have Suicidal really, Angels. you know, don't have like a lot of like, you know, pull in the industry. They never get mentioned ever. And you only hear about these bands that, you know, the Struts, uh, Hippie Coalition or something. These are all fucking bands that have Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, I mean, come on. And, and, you know, I really like the guy, but there's a guy on our page that said, well, you know, at least Greta Van Fleet is turning people on to rock. Dude, they're turning people on to shitty rock music. And it's all fucking, you know, uh, you know, it's like the, the, the little males that listen to Grand, Grand Fleet now are no different than the females in the 80s that don't listen right. to Mel anymore, unless they're hot like Mickey Six. That, that's like saying, oh, Poison has turned a lot of people on the metal. No, they're not. No. <laughs> and yeah, well, you know, I, I, and, and that's another thing. Motley Crue, this huge comeback, they need Def Leppard and Poison. That's kind of pathetic, don't oh, you think? Oh, well, well here, here's one thing. Here, here's a new story I got, I got to ask you about. Because this is a band you are a fan about. I know and what I, you're about to say. And I saw this shit. And, and I'm still not about, going to the show as much as I love that band. I about died laughing. Where Michael Sweet said, Oh, Poison has to open, or uh, Striper has to open up the Poison Death Leopard Molly Crew I disagree. I, don't th- I think they're too good for those three bands. Oh. <laughs> they are. They ripped. And, and they're going to go out there and do, what, 20, 30 minutes? Fuck that. I ain't going to that shit. Striper's a superior band in all three of those com- bands combined. Who, who's going to this shit anyway, dude? It's a fucking... Nobody, man. That shit's, you know... It's the greatest hits tour by ever. It's every... the biggest facade in the world. Hey, hey, but you know what? You know what? This Kiss tour did a lot better than what I thought it was going to do. So I'm not going to underestimate... Stupid. But this Kiss tour, this Kiss tour, they're not going out with a package deal. There's a difference. Yeah, you know? I, I, I know there's even more incentive to see this bullshit, but I, I don't I don't think it's deserved. I mean, it's just... I, it, I it's not going to do well. I, Look, I, I, I was wrong about Kiss, but I'm not going to be wrong about this because nobody's dangling the farewell card. That's what saved Kiss. And also $10 tickets outside gay show, you know? Don't be, don't be fucking... Look, I got it wrong. I was wrong about Kiss because I didn't put two things to factor. One, the farewell card. Two, that they're going to be practically giving away tickets at the venue day of show. I know this for a fact because my friend, and I'm not going to mention his name, Ruben De La Rosa. I love that guy. Got tickets for super cheap outside the day of the show. You know, and not one, but two. You know? So, and... That, and, and you know who sells those tickets for super cheap outside? The promoter. So that right. place will be packed and it'll look good. To, it'll look good on them. But well, the, I, I, I'll tell you this: I, I am friends with Ruben De La Rosa, and he told me though something a lot of people don't know. He got tickets super cheap to go into that show. He got paid twice as much to lie and say it was a good show. <laughs> True story. All right, well, we got off uh, on a tirade there. I was trying to make a point. I brought up Eddie Trunk and what I liked about what Eddie Trunk did in the Ace interview. Then we got into that whole thing. What I like what Eddie Trunk did in the interview is like, you know, this whole Ace Frehley thing, and we haven't really touched upon it. For the people that don't know, uh, Ace Frehley broke up with Rachel Gordon. Yeah, that's her yeah. name. And, and uh, it's been kind of quiet, even though I did hear about it months ago that they broke up, but... It's been kind of like low key about it, and uh, but now it came out in the open because Ace Fraley made it a point on the Eddie Trunk interview 
I'm, like I said, the guy's 104 years old and he's acting like a fucking high school, junior high student. Oh, I got a new girlfriend. Oh, look, I sent my new girlfriend this text and then he plays uh, More Than a Woman by the Bee Gees. Oh, she's so great. She's an elementary teacher. She's, I, he just kept rubbing in how he's not got a new girl. You know that's directed toward her. And he did a couple digs toward Rachel. And every time he did a dig toward her, Eddie Trunk constantly changed the subject. And I found that really good of him because you know i don't think eddie wanted to give him the platform to bash this chick well, so i, I think what, what what a should have done is put a dig at a good song which he hasn't done since 1978 all right <laughs> so um a uh ace Frehley the other night went to the house um unannounced broke and uh, not broke in but just barged into the house had two bodyguards and his daughter. He didn't speak to Rachel at all. He Monique. just went in. Monique. Yeah, Monique. Was hot as fuck. Is she? Well, oh, I gotta look yeah. that up. You ever seen pictures of Monique? No, oh. man. Not, uh, I did when she was a little girl, but not now. Oh, oh she, dude. She's a little hottie now, huh? Oh, dude. Dude, jeez. Well, I mean, at least like in her early 20s. That's where I last time I saw pictures. She is hot. Oh, oh man, must have been somebody else that impregnated fucking exactly wife back then. I, th- I think it was Mark St. John. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or no, no, I take that back. It's probably the Grammy Award winning Bob Kulik. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he was acting. He was acting like Ace when he banged her. Yeah, he came real quick. And he fooled her. He thought. He thought. She thought it was him, just like you thought it was him on Larger Than Life. Your story. So Ace goes in there and he's collecting his guitars and gold albums and such. And in the meantime, she claims the two bodyguards threatened her. And Monique said to her, you're a skank and I can get you killed. Which, you know, the whole rumor that, you know, the the, the mom, Janine Fraley, whatever her name is, uh, is connected to the mafia. I don't know if you know this. Right. You know, I read one of Ace's book and Ace is like afraid of her. That's why he's still technically married to her. You know, they're not uh, divorced. No, I, I've I've heard that story. That's that's why Kiss fans are afraid to make fun of the elder because they'll have you killed. You know, because <laughs> they've played on it. So my point is, this is all my my point. I think they're both not angels. I mean, she's obviously a gold digger because she wants money for the new place because the lease is up. So she wants Ace to pay for the moving of her stuff, which. Is an um, I can't remember how many thousands, but I was like, really, it's that it's that much money to move, um, a new place, um, uh, and she doesn't work. So according to her, he con- he he um, he he's the one that owns her finances. Which, in other words, she was living off his money. You know, that's why that's how he controlled her finances. Well, you know, I, maybe I'm I'm in the minority here. But I think she's entitled to it because all of you retards who paid for that last Ace Frehley album and you paid for special editions and, uh, you know, uh, vinyl editions and stuff, she deserves your money. Well, she didn't have nothing to do with that album. Oh, uh, oh, oh no. you're going to blame that on Ace? Well, she had something to do with I'm, 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 I'm trying to give Ace an out here. I'm trying to give Ace an out here where she wrote that horrible garbage that you people bought on four or five fucking editions. 
you're so awesome, man. You know what good music is. Shut the fuck up. Okay. All right, bye. so my I'm not done. And she, he wants her, I mean, she wants him to pay for her court costs. I mean, she, he wants him to pay for everything, you know, which, but at the same time, him going on Eddie Trunk, rubbing in, that he's got a new chick and, and saying something to the effect that Rita Ford, this is the way he said it, and I'm paraphrasing here. Lena Ford came to my house to do a song, and he kicked her out. And Eddie Trunk was like, kicked who out? And he's like, the other blonde. And then Eddie Trunk changes the subject. Because, you know, he's trying to, like, throw her, you know, throw little jabs at her. And you know she's listening, because this is, this is Ace's first interview with Eddie Trunk since this whole bullshit. So Ace is acting like a fucking retard. I saw Ace, this guy, you know, me, the guy that, that buys all the fucking special editions of, of Spaceman. And what he did in Miami was uncalled for. Throwing a bottle of water and trying to kick the sound man or trying to kick the soundboard was so unprofessional, it was pathetic. Now, look, I get it. Ace is hard of hearing, and to be a sound man for that guy, it's fucking hard. But he was acting like a complete douche. That even the guy that has not a bad word to say about anybody... John Regan said, hey, if Ace would have come down for sound check, maybe none of this would have happened. Ace was too lazy to go down from his hotel room to do sound check with the guys. So, of course, you're going to have some problems. Maybe if Ace went to sound check, they could have sound leveled and everything for, you know, for Ace's convenience. But you know what? Ace was to blame for all that shit. So, obviously, Ace is a douche. And you know, you know me, I'm the protector of Ace, but I say it as it is. I call Black Sabbath Back Sabbath. So all you Motley nerds that get upset with me for bashing Motley Crue, bitch, I bash my favorite bands. You guys are just fucking tools, your sheep and your posers. And definitely you need to get raped in jail and need to be thrown in jail for being a poser. Thank well, you. Well, it, it, is Kiss your favorite band or your 16th favorite band? 15. <laughs> Ace is a bitch. Just checking. Mick Mars is a bitch. They're all a bunch of bitches. All Unlike right. Sean Killian, that's a man. Okay, we're going to get to that later. But uh, uh, something fun we did uh, the last week that I'd like to continue is uh, movie reviews. So did you see Dr. Sleepy in? No, I have not. And, and, and that is something I really, really want to see. I really want to see. But but there are some movies that I know you've seen and I've seen we can talk about. Um, I know you saw the last Rambo movie. I, 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 I got an illegal copy from Mr. X of that. What did you think of that shit? Absolutely loved it. It was the third best one out of all of them. Wow. My favorite's First Blood, then uh, the last one, Rambo, John Rambo, and then this one. Those are my three favorites. It's wow. a mo- but I'll tell you, I mean, I'll, you know, the pitfalls of it, okay, it's very Hollywood. But so is all the other ones, you know? I absolutely loved it. And for everybody, these all these fucking uh, politically correct people bashing the movie because it's anti-Mexican. The guy lived with Mexicans. That was his family. How can you say he's anti-Mexican? If he like, you know, was adopted by Mexicans and loved them. And he fought the Mexicans over a Mexican. I don't get people today. It's right, ridiculous. Right, right, but he asked the lady to move out, you know. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't too. He's like, get the fuck out of here. No, he, yeah, for her safety. Yeah, tomato, tomato. 
Uh, I, don't, I, I, I thought it was absolutely fucking horrible. Wow. Uh, what I did love about it, though, was the kills. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, that was the best part. The last Holy one. shit, the kills. But to me, it wasn't a fucking, it wasn't a Rambo movie. And I, I read this review where the guy who wrote the novel that First Blood was, was based upon, uh, you know, like, he was so disgusted by it. And originally, fuck him, originally, this movie was going to be written by Stallone and him. And it was going to be a much more... Uh, cerebral movie about all of the effects of all this shit happening on John Rambo and, and, and different shit. Uh, but I mean, there was still going to be, you know, there was still going to be a, an issue, you know, something he would go off on, but something much more, you know, akin to the first movie. Because to me, the first movie is perfect. That is awesome. But, uh, you know, I, I guess to some people in the first movie, you know, the, the enemy was America. The enemy is what he came back to, was the America that welcomed John Rambo. You know, and then in the rest of the movies, it's like, whoever the Republican Party is against. Okay, it's the Russians. It's this. It's that. It's whoever the right wing is against, uh, that's Rambo's enemy. But find me one motherfucker who says the best movie isn't fucking First Blood. No, it's not. It, it, exactly. it is the best one. Exactly. And, and who did he fight against then? He fought against his own uh, people. I, I, but I don't look at it that way, Ian. I just look at it as fucking a movie. I don't analyze it as who he's fighting against. It's just, right, right, right. I analyze it for the movie itself. No, but I don't what, care what, who he's what, fighting what, what against. I'm, he's what fighting I'm against though. the bad guys. And the American and First Blood were bad guys. And oh, I hate to break the news to you, Ian, but actually there are Mexican drug cartels that do horrible things like that. Yes, it actually does happen. There are, dude, I would never go to Mexico. I would never go to Mexico. I but you know there's sex Mexico. trades. There's there's people getting hung over bridges for, for the drug thing. There's a lot of horrible shit going on in Mexico. A lot of right, horrible right, right, Does right, it but, reflect on right. all that Mexican people? No, because in Rambo, it even shows there's good Mexican people. Right, as long as they're working for you. No, they weren't working for him. They were, they, he was, they were working, they, they were fucking supporting him and... And and he was supporting them. It was a it was a oh. mutual. Thing. It, he was it, out there busting his ass, keeping the property okay. nice and clean. It was a horrible movie with some great. It was a kills. great movie. It was an awesome movie. Okay, I thought I thought it was a horrible movie with some great kills, but it took it to like a, almost like a, a Saw or Friday the Thirteenth movie, where like you care more about the kills than anything else. Where well, the first... that's why the the best part of Rambo: First Blood for me were the kills. Or not the kills, but how he hunted them down in the fucking forest. And that's what he did in the last one. He hunted them down in the fucking... That's the closest to First Blood was the last one. As far as kills, because he set up the scenario to fuck everybody up. Where before he was out in the fucking jungles and and deserts and all that shit. Comparing the last Rambo movie to the first first Blood is like comparing fucking Led Zeppelin 2 to fucking Coda. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. No, it, you're it, wrong. It's like uh, comparing Led Zeppelin and physical graffiti to Houses of the Holy. Oh, oh yeah. Well, we disagree there. We disagree there. Uh, First Blood is better, but Last Blood was awesome. It was. Uh, I love how he fucking got that guy at the end. Uh, it's and pure with, Hollywood. It's, what, you know, what, it's not supposed but, to be but you, 
you liked you liked Rambo better than Last Blood, though, right? Yeah, the John Rambo movie was better. Yes, I like that one more. Okay. All right. Well, he, well, here's a movie we both saw that I'm very interested to hear your uh, your your uh, opinion on, and that is The Irishman. All right, Irishman. I'm gonna watch it again because I need another watch because I watched it in pain without Percocet, without anything in bed. That if I would twitch, it was very painful. I was. Very, very loving it. I mean, I'll tell you the pluses and the minuses for me. But in my defense, I need to see it again, uh, you know, without pain. The acting was phenomenal. I mean, unbelievably good. I mean, very enthralling. It was. But you know what you were saying about Motley Crue earlier? You know, a, a bar. Well, guess what? This one had two bars called Casino and Goodfellas. And nowhere near as good as those two movies. Um, I felt like it was too... There were certain parts of the movie that I felt like, God, do you know how to edit? This is Scorsese. I mean, this is going on too long. It just was dragging way too long. And I didn't feel there was enough scenes that were so memorable as Casino and Goodfellas. The acting was phenomenal. I'm not going to say it wasn't. I love Joe Pesci. I loved, uh, what's his name from Just Say Raymond? What was the name of that show? Raymond uh, Says, whatever yeah, his name. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Ray the Romano. lawyer. Yeah, Ray he Romano. was He was great. I loved, uh, I loved every character in that fucking movie. I thought, it's just Scorsese, you can't go wrong with the acting. It was so good, well performed by everybody. But I just don't think, I think it went on way too long. I need to watch it again. To give an honest opinion because there were many parts of the movie I had a pause because I was in too much pain I couldn't focus so I was not watching it in the right frame of mind but it was way too long it took me two days to watch it and uh, it just doesn't stack up to what the bar he set you know you know I mean name every fucking movie Scorsese did Raging right. Bull Taxi Driver it's nowhere near as good as those movies alright well I will say I absolutely love the movie um, but I can see where people say like, oh, it, it isn't this, it isn't that, or it was slow. And it did. It took me two days to watch it, too, because of when I started watching it. Uh, but I absolutely loved it. I thought the acting was great. I think well, when people complain about it being slow and, and shit like that is, is this generation's like tolerance, you know, for like, I need instant this. I need instant that. I need a YouTube clip that is 15 minutes. I can't take something that is more than that. Well, that doesn't apply to me, Ian, because I call slow as pointless scenes. I don't mind long. Look, you know what movie I love is Death Proof. That's all dialogue. Right. And I was enthralled with that. If it was like Death Proof, you know, shave down like a lot of useless fucking scenes man like stopping to smoke cigarettes out of the car happened way too much it was just you know shave that shit down man what does that have to do with the fucking movie you know it just yeah. seemed like but again I gotta stress I gotta watch it again to give you like I, 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 hear, I hear you but I have the patience for that shit and if you remember when we first started you know this podcast I said we need to do we gotta do YouTube you know, we got we got to do this because kids today don't have patience 
for anything that long. Well, they, I have, they have to. Well, I know you do, but I'm saying most people they they have to have something visual. They have to have something quick, you know, easily digestible. And this was a movie that wasn't that. It was it it was it was long. It was drawn out. But I oh, thought I oh, thought it, it was fucking part. incredible. It had its parts the end that were fucking phenomenal, like the scene where you know um, De Niro went back to uh, uh, Gotti. I mean, not Gotti, Hoffa, uh, Al Pacino. Oh, tell him this, and they're going back. Tell him that. Tell him this, you know that. That whole scene of going back and telling this and t- that shit was awesome, and that's all dialogue. And and, and it was long. I didn't find it dragged out, but it was long. I mean, shit like that. That flow is awesome, but the flow where it just doesn't flow. But again, I gotta watch it again. I might, I might have missed it because of my pain. You know. You know, and uh, well, well, here's a prime example of that I just I hated the ending, by the way. Oh, I loved it. Uh, just rewatched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, by Quentin Tarantino. And that was a film uh, I wasn't that taken away with. Oh, it, I loved it. It was it was the first time I wasn't taken away with a Quentin Tarantino movie. M- most of his movies, like, right off the bat, I get it. I'm sold in. I'm locked in. Did you I watch it, it again and get it? I watched it again, and I got it more. Because when I went, I got into a fight. With the girl I went to see the movie, and it just put me in a bad mood. Right. And, and it, I was at a theater where I could drink, and I just kept drinking, and I was pissed off, and I was in a bad mood, and all this shit, and it really tampered my view. Now I rewatched it. I enjoyed it a lot more. I still think it's one of my least favorite Tarantino movies, which is that that that's not that, that still makes it better than. You know, ninety-nine percent of what you know any Michael Bay put out bullshit is. Name a uh, movie he's done, because I'm not hip to popular culture. What movies he done? Michael Bay. Uh, Michael Bay. He's like uh, that Transformer guy. Oh, I Ar- can't watch those type of Ar- movies. Ar- Armageddon and shit like that. Yeah, I can't uh, watch that shit. And Independence Day, that kind of. Oh, movie. I saw that in the theater. That was terrible. Yeah, exactly. But it's very popular amongst uh, retards. Uh, but anyway, um, so I I, 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 re-watch, I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, liked it a lot better. Still not my favorite Tarantino, but I liked it a lot it's a, better. It's a great flick. But like uh, you're judging it against other movies, like I'm judging Irishman. Right, right, and a lot. I of don't people, think Irishman was bad, actually. I'm just saying. No, it's no, bad. no. But a lot of people are like, oh, it's not Goodfellas. It's not Casino. It's not. It's but not. But it, it was never meant to be. But, you know, hey, another time in Hollywood isn't Pulp Fiction or Jackie Brown. Yeah. It, oh, I, I, I agree 100%. But, but it is part in glory. Most, most of what I you know, 99% of the backlash I see on, on The Irishman is, fuck De Niro, he doesn't like Trump. You know? I, I think know. De Niro De is a twat, actually. But acting, I cannot say a bad word. Dude, that guy is so... You know what's so cool about De Niro? Watch a De Niro interview. He's no different. The guy's just a bread actor. Well, you know, I, 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 think what, I, I think the scene stealer in, in, in The Irishman was Pacino. And that's the one I was the most worried about. Like, is it going to yeah. be... Yeah, I gonna, agree with you. Is it going to be Pacino, like, being Overacting. Pacino? Overacting. Like, 
Like, hooah, like I'm, I'm yeah. Jack Nicholson, I'm overdoing it, I'm this guy, I'm not an actor. You know, because as much as I love Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson got to a point where when you saw him in the movie, it was him doing Nicholson. It wasn't even him acting anymore. And I'm like, is that what Pacino's going to do? Because that's what he's done for uh, a number of years. I thought Pacino was the best part of the movie. Between him and Joe Pesci, I thought were the best parts of the movie because I thought they really acted and really did made me feel like I was watching these characters. And it was cool they didn't uh, they didn't uh, do a Joe Pesci as a you know like a uh, what do they call that uh, when they make him do the same part over and over again because the 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 role he played in Casino and Goodfellas are pretty identical you know right. like a, where this one he was more laid back and he. he I mean, not to spoil it for hey anybody listening, we're gonna give spoilers. He correct me if I'm wrong, or maybe my pain deceived me. He didn't whack anybody in this movie, did he? Oh no, no, no. He he was the shot caller. He, yeah. He, he didn't do the actions, but he was the shot caller. He was very important. But in a great, great scene was when and, he told De Niro to whack somebody. Yeah, and, and what I loved is he was he kind of reminded me of Paul Savino. In, uh, in in Goodfellas. Right, right. You, you know, he didn't do anything, but he was the guy who made the decisions. But he wasn't as scary as Paul Savino, though. No, 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 no. But 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 what I what I think almost makes him scarier is because he was so subtle in what he did. Uh, you know, like he didn't have to act scary because you knew when he said something, it was done. And you knew when he said something wasn't going to get done, it didn't get done. So he was much more, to me, he was much more of a villainous character and much more of a threat. He didn't have to do anything through his actions. It was about what he said and what he called to be done uh, that, 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 that made the character that much more powerful. And I, I think it was absolutely great. But another one I'd like to talk about that I know you saw and I finally saw, and you didn't like, and I absolutely loved, was the Joker. Oh. And, and 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 you didn't like it. I loved it. I loved that movie. You didn't care for it. No, I liked twenty minutes of it. Right. I thought. You... I thought. I thought it was. You want to talk about overacting? I don't get it. The act. The the laugh was just too much. You know, it reminded me of of. Uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, Travolta shaking in, in uh, the fanatic. You know, it's like, come on, enough already. You know, it just goes too. And, and that movie, like, I don't know, man. But the parts that were good were fucking great. You know, but I, I, I really find that movie extremely overrated. All right. Fucking right. Doctor Sleep is the goddamn movie of the year, hands hey, down. I, I, I want to see it. I want. There's I wanna... no way you're gonna dislike that one. No way. Oh, you're I, fine, and then you're gonna fucking you're gonna kill yourself for lying if you say that movie's good. Oh no. Good. I mean, no. I definitely want to see it, but that's one of those ones I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be one of those guys that watches on a, a cam copy or anything like that. No, you but, gotta see it in the theater, dude. Well, it, it already passed where I'm at. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see it, so I'm gonna wait till I get like, you know, a perfect copy of it. But uh, everything I, I, I've heard about it, I want to see it. And I, and the people who know, I know that loved it, I trust. 
And you know another thing that that I trust about it? It didn't do good. It didn't do good. That tells me it's a good movie. Because, I didn't know. I thought it did great. Uh, you no, know, it, box it, office wise. No, it did you told me, So yeah. you told me I was like, God damn, man, really? No, it did horrible. Wow. And, and that you know what that tells me is it's a good movie because you know who I fucking hate is people. I I saw a post you put the other day. You're like, I love people. You yeah, and, I do. I yeah, do. you you and me are the opposite. No, you know why I said that, dude? And I said it yesterday because of Charlie Hill. You know, and, and the guy from um, uh, E1. You see, here's the thing. Yes, I know that people suck. Come on, we've been complaining about cards all this show. I know that. But I, you know what, man? The people I associate with are fucking awesome. You know, like like you, baby. You yeah. know, I, I love, you know, I love you. And you're a person. You're people. I yeah. love people. I don't like to generalize and say people suck because of some asshole in front of me at a drive through Taking forever to get his fucking McNugget. And and I, I I tell you that I I love people as as like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you a chance. Please don't fuck this up. But nine times out of ten, people fuck it up. But as a whole, I know there are some great people in this world. More than, more than bad, in my opinion. Incredible people. I don't agree with you on your numbers. I, I think there are some great people in this world. Some great people in this world that make life worth living and th- that are good solid human beings but i think the bad far outweighs the good far outweighs the good does that mean i'm gonna give up on people as a whole no but does it make me fucking gun shy you goddamn right because there's a lot of shitty fucking people out there of every race of every creed of every color there are some horrible fucking people out there well Which, Ian to, 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 to drive home that people are good I don't see I don't think I've seen anybody say nothing bad about the Joker everybody seems to like it except for me yeah well there you go most but people I lo- think that's the best movie ever it's the highest I, grossing movie ever I believe uh, uh, the, hi- uh, the highest uh, the highest uh, R rated movie ever. yeah yeah that's what, it, what I meant to say but uh, but 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 I love you and I value your opinion. I mean, look how many movies that you and me agree upon. You know, like cult movies, like fucking. Uh, I know what you like and don't like. Like the review we're gonna do, I know what to expect from you. But when it comes to Doctor Sleep, it, I, I, dude, it's impossible. Not only for you, but any. I mean, you like The Shining, right? I love it. I I'm, love. It. I think anybody that likes The Shining are really gonna respect how this guy did not. You know, oh, I'm I'm doing The Shining, so I gotta be like Hubert. You know, he didn't do that. He gave a little nods to him, gave some many nods to David Lynch, and but he made it his own as well. And what he did at the end, which you know, I know I'm not gonna spoil anything for you, but the end of the movie is like, whoa, what? This is the payoff for all you oh, Shining. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and, and and I'm happy to see it because from what I've heard. And, and, you know, no spoiler alert, I've heard the ending is very different than, than the Stephen King novel. So I like that he did his own thing and he took his own, uh, you know, stance with it. The same way, look, the first novel I've ever read in my life was The Shining. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Kubrick's movie is a thousand times better. 
than the Stephen King novel. And I love Stephen King as an author. Uh, most books I've ever read in my life are Stephen King. Kubert uh, took it to another level and made it a thousand times better than what it was. And Stephen King even did his own adaption. You know that that horrible TV movie where it was everybody much... tells me it's horrible. I've yet to watch yeah. it. I don't yeah. want to see it. It, it, it's much more faithful to the book. I'll say that. And the book was incredible. But Kubrick, Kubrick, like, took a masterpiece and shined it into something even better. You know? And, uh, you know, when, when King is like, oh, we're going to do it my way, it sucked. It sucked. Big donkey dick. Big donkey dick. Never saw it. But, uh, fuck it, man. We've, we've been going on a long time. We need to go into this album review we're doing for Chris Daniel. Well, we're two hours into this, so there may be a uh, two-parter. Ah, fuck it. We'll do it all in one. Fuck, fuck, fuck these. It's too long. It's too long. Take it. Take it fucking all. You Take fuck. it up your ass, you homo. Yeah, you goddamn. I'm sick of fucking millennials. Like, I can only watch a 15-minute YouTube video. Go fuck yourself. If you can't commit, take a shit, motherfuckers. We'll make this is all gonna be one fucking episode. Please, I beg of you, make this all one episode. I don't give a fuck if it's five fucking hours, cause cause the album's only fucking a half hour long and like seven fucking songs. Fuck this shit. If, if your attention span, attention span can't take it, eat a fucking bag of dicks. Well, most people that are listening to this don't want to hear the news anyway. They're too much of a pickle with sort of like violence. Yeah, well, 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 most people aren't going to listen to this fucking episode anyway because it's violence. So. Well, a lot of people like hearing the news. Yeah, I, I know, I know, but you know, like I got, I got a, a message the other day from somebody telling me like oh my god these these fan picked episodes are fucking horrible yes i saw that too i forgot who said it but i saw that as well and i'm like yeah. uh really i thought i thought this year was way better than last year shit well i don't think they've we've got any shitty ones this year have we i well, mean we well, haven't done we haven't well, done full yet well we're getting to the ones that you're not gonna like because i got a couple down the pike that you're absolutely gonna yeah hate. i know tool is one of them tool we got some james addiction coming up we oh. got a- all kinds of shit that you're not gonna like, but uh, the, to me, the whole great thing about this show is talking about albums that nobody else talks about. Yeah, it's real fucking easy to talk about fucking Kiss albums, you fucking Kiss nerds, you know. And, and oh, oh, let's talk about Asteria. Nobody talks about that, you we know. We did that, right? We already did that shit. I fucking hope so. I think we did. I hope I, so. I don't want to do I, that one. I, I think we did, but you yeah, know, you know, you know what I'm getting at though is. We are the show that talks about shit that other people don't. And, uh, you know, I, I saw a post the other day, and uh, I, I got to thank you, Ralph, because you've been really picking up the slack for me, because I've had uh, a rough fucking year, you know, and I've recently come back to the uh, to the Facebook page, and I've been doing my daily posts, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not at the same level I used to be. And... and Listeners out there, I'm trying. I'm, I'm I'm working real hard to get back to where I used to be, but I'm not there yet. But I'm trying to do my daily post to fucking make people happy. But uh, I, I saw this guy post something the other day, like, "Hey, uh, goddamn it, David Lee Roth DLR album," and you're like, "Hey, 
we're not a fucking jukebox. And, uh, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, that guy got pissed at me. Yeah, and he's like, well, maybe I won't listen anymore. Yeah, I'm like, that's your choice, dude. Yeah, but you, you know what? The, those same people, and I, I'm glad you pointed this out, because as much as you love Ozzy, these people then point out, if you don't like the new Ozzy, then you're not an Ozzy fan. That's right. These same people who say, like, if you don't do the albums they like, they won't listen anymore. They're Fuck only, only going to listen anyway. These are the same as fucking Kiss cards that only listen when you do a Kiss album. I don't give a fuck what band it is. I don't give a fuck if it's Van Halen or it's Black Sabbath. They only listen to hear the bands they like. They don't give a fuck about us as a show. You know, they, 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 they're they not the hardcores that listen to every fucking episode. Not everybody. We have people that love us. No, no, no. No, no we have plenty of people love us. Oh, the man. Pe- Zoo Nation. I don't know if you know who that guy is. I know, but what I'm saying, though, is the people who say shit like this. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know I, it, it's, it's like, all I want to hear is Van Halen reviews. Or all I want to hear is Kiss reviews. Well, you know what happens when you've reviewed every Kiss or Van Halen album? They're not going to listen anymore. Because they don't give a shit. Because they really don't like what we do. They just want to hear the bands they like. So fuck them up their fucking asses. I could Hell give yeah. fuck less. I can give a fuck less. If you're like, I only want to fuck you. You know what I love is the diehard motherfuckers that say, like, you know what? I don't like that fucking album. I don't like the fucking album we're reviewing this week. But I'm still doing it, and I still put effort into it because I want to entertain you people. And there's people who listen to it, and, and they realize that. Like, hey, you know, no matter what, these guys are going to do their best to make us laugh, to make us fucking, you know, question shit, to make us fucking chuckle, you know? That's who I care about. I don't give a fuck about you people like, I only like Kiss reviews. I only like Van Halen reviews. I only like this. I only like it. You know, if we wanted to do that, we'd be like one of those other fucking retarded fucking shows that only do one fucking band. And, and I'm, I'm sorry because I love a lot of people who do those retarded shows. I don't know any of those shows. <laughs> but you know, you, you know what I'm, I'm, I'm saying? We, we do a real music show for people who love real music and different types of music. You know, so... Fucking speed on before you get peed on, motherfuckers. God damn it. I love what Ralph said. We ain't a fucking jukebox. No, if, we, if you think if you think we're a jukebox, put some money into it. Yeah, put some money. Because that's what jukeboxes do. You have to put money in a jukebox. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you, I, and, and you know and you know what? It's funny because one guy wrote me I can't remember his name and I'm sorry, but he wrote, Hey, you know it'd be great if you reviewed this. And then I said, because the guy's a cool guy, I said to him, well, dude, um, donate the next time we have, you know, we'll do it. And then he wrote back, oh, when, when? Because he's dying for to pay for it. See, the people that pay, see, those are the guys that you got to respect. And you got to yeah. respect uh, the guy that runs around Facebook with that beautiful wife of his that put RM, <laughs> you know, rock and metal combat on his name, you know? And, and, you know, and I got to also give a shout out somebody that we never really talk about because you're not aware of this duty. And I am. He's on my he's on my YouTube page. His name is Zoo Nation. I don't know his real name, but, you know, I don't think I've ever shouted him out. That guy deserves a shout out and a half. And he should be fan of the week this week. Oh, no, not. No, we have somebody donate. But yeah, I'm just, yeah. 
you know, I'm just saying, Zoo Nation deserves a lot of credit because that guy is a mega fan. Zoo Nation is the shit. Shout out uh, to Zoo Nation. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I, I, I love that shit, man. I love that kind of feedback, and I and love you know, all that kind of Nation shit. don't like everything we review, but he'll listen. Right, and there's a lot of other people who don't like, you know. Like, I, I still, man, I was looking at the numbers the other day, and, and man, I was so disappointed by the numbers on the Angel Dust album we reviewed. And I was like, man, what a good fucking album, man. I mean, and that was an album that I wasn't an Angel Dust fan, you know, and I, I, you know, I'd heard of them, but I didn't know them, but I listened to the album, and it really changed my mind, and, you know, that that, that album is is on my phone right now. It's in my playlist. It's all this shit because of this fucking show. But take a fucking chance. Try to learn something new. Oh, fuck them. Don't even talk to them. They, they're not worth it. We talk to people like Zoo Nation. See, people like Zoo Nation makes me write that thing. I like people. Because Zoo Nation is a person. I like people like... They, right. They're the ones that, that matter to me. Everybody else doesn't. So I like people. I just don't like the wrong yeah. type of people. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a glass half full or I'm a glass half empty. and that's Definitely, makes- definitely. Like like the Angel Dust review. You know, you're disappointed by the numbers. I'm proud of whatever number it is. I don't even know what numbers they are, but I'm sure it's over 100. You know? Right, and, right, uh, right, it's, right, it's, right. It's 10. I love people because of those 10 people. You know? But my, uh, my, I love- my, my thing is, is our show is a very niche uh, show we have a very uh, there's no other show like ours you know I I just went I did I did a guest uh, episode I don't think it's gonna get aired until January on uh, Cobras and Fires you know and and I, I talked to Baco about this you know he's like man he goes you guys have this fucking you know this following. And I go, it's because we do a great fucking show. It's because we're always honest. You know, no matter what we're talking about, I never bullshit. You never bullshit. We always say what we say. No matter, we don't care about who agrees with it. It's what we do. And people respect that. The right people respect that. And I don't, and, and, and you don't care what I think. And I don't care what you think when it comes to the music we like. Oh, I mean, saying. what we're about to do is not going to affect me whatsoever what you say about it at all. Not even a tinge. I mean, who the fuck are you to tell me violence sucks? You know, you're yeah, nobody yeah. when you talk about a band I love. It, I'm going to tell you. It means shit. Right. It really does. Just but, like my opinion means shit when it comes to the cure. Right. But we still love each other. We still respect each other's opinion. And, yeah, uh, but, you know, I'm going to bash you on this episode. That's just the way I am. Oh, yeah, I'm in, I, I'm, I have a leg problem. So, you know, I'm not yeah, the put, happiest dude. Even I'm perfect. Yeah. Put your fucking helmet on with this retard shit. But uh, on, on that note, why don't we get into it? Fuck yeah, man. The greatest thrash album ever. All From right. The greatest this, thrash, thrash band ever. Greatest thrash frontman. This one biggest I, inspiration. This one I want to say, uh, I dropped the ball on this. I've, I've, I've had a rough year. I'm a little sketchy. Uh, this one was donated to Chris. Uh, Daniel paid, paid for this. And uh, he should have been part of this episode. But I, I didn't realize until I went back that he paid that much, that he was going to be on it. 
but he gave us like three albums to choose from. Did you talk to him? No, he didn't get back to me by the time we recorded this. So, yeah, hey, so, hey, Chris, look, here's the situation here, and we're gonna have him review an extra one, okay? For this, yeah, yeah, and and he um, did. He, he he had three albums he picked for us to review. I picked this one just because I knew how much you loved it, and I knew you wouldn't have to study it. But we are gonna have Chris back on for one of his alternate picks and have him be part of this, so he gets a twofer because of my uh my my fuck up on this so yeah and and it really is hard to get ian to do anything because of what he's going through so we have to do something you know yes and and this is an album i can't i i don't have to study i am in uh in a situation now where with my with my leg that i can't study an album i really can't you know so you know but, you know, it was Ian's idea to do this one next. He even said it during the, the Testament episode that uh, I was like, okay, cool. You know, and then after the Testament episode is when every, all, everything went wrong with me. And it's not only my leg. There's other stuff that I even, haven't even told you, Ian. But, you know, whatever. Um, it, it doesn't matter because I don't want to give you my problems during your fucking, you know, uh, dilemma. You know, so. Uh, and uh, so... Even though my problem ain't, ain't a pimp on the ass of your problems, but I still got problems, much you know, no right. less. But, um, but that, that that just shows the listeners, man. We have real life shit that goes on, but we still do the best we can to bring you guys a show. And when we don't, uh, it's because some major shit's going down. You know, but, Ian Ian hit me up today to do an episode while I was in the hospital, and I said yes. Just let me get out of here because it's going to be hard to get in to do an episode. You know, maybe in the future it might not be as as recent. I mean, dude, the Testament episode was just last week, wasn't it? So, right. fuck, if we can get two episodes up, you know, in the, uh, back to back week after week, that'd be, you know, I, I don't, I was like, I don't give a fuck the pain I'm in. You know, I should be laying down watching a movie or something, but I'm laying down doing what I love and especially this album I love. And I love Ian. I love talking to Ian. I don't talk to Ian anymore. I hardly ever talk to you. And I'm used to talking to you. Right. So I, I wanted to talk to Ian and talk about this. I don't give a fuck what he thinks. It'll be funny to me. But I am going to attack you because I thought about this earlier. I said, you know what, man? With uh, Candle Mass and whatever the fuck we, we reviewed that you hated, I kind of was too pussyish. Like just giggling. Now it's like, come on, man. It's. Let's fucking throw a little bit back at you for being such a fucking, uh, you know, fruitcake with this fucking album. Because this album is fucking awesome. I'm ready. Idiot. You're the retard that doesn't get the greatness of the Eternal Nightmare. Yeah, Eternal Nightmare. Let's get into this, man. This is uh, an album that uh, came out and completely slaughtered me. It was the right album at the right time for me. Because this is uh, around the time that I was just like so into thrash. I was so disappointed with Ozzy, with Ultimate Sin, and uh, Maiden, and you know, Judas Priest. All my gods have gone down a path that just didn't. And then, you know, these thrash bands, you know, from Germany and the Bay Area that really uh, kept me metal. And uh, when this one came out, it's it is an acquired taste. I know, I understand. You either get Sean Killian or you'll kill for him. I mean, you either don't get it or 
you'll you'll fucking kill for him. And, I, and I'd probably kill Ian Wadley for Sean Kelly. Okay, bye. Uh, and anybody that does not uh, appreciate the greatness of this man that does something that is so original and so demented and so fucked up. And he brought something to the thrash metal scene that hasn't happened yet. Not these, you know, safe shit. Like, you know, you have Testament trying to be Metallica. You have a front man in Testament that, that changes his name to Chuck Billy. I mean, anybody that changes his name to be a frontman like Chuck Billy or Dr. Fuck, they're posers. Sean Killian is the real deal. Alright? Fucking yeah, but but Chuck Billy does uh James Entfield better than James Entfield. Um well, you know what? Um not musically. During the I mean alright, let me ask you a question. Will yes, you sir. take any testament album over the first three Metallica albums? Over the first three, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't fuck with Metallica. I mean, I know Metallica is a bad word and ah, oh, this and that. But man, no, 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 no. But 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 I'm saying, I'm saying, Chuck Billy, I think, has an even better voice than uh, Hetfield, and I think his voice is held up better than Hetfield. I but, agree. But, I agree as holding but, up, but I like Hetfield's voice more in the classic era. But but if if you go by the music that they wrote, I, I mean I mean that that that's the fucked up thing is, like look at all the thrash metal bands, none of them, none of them hold up to the first fucking three Metallica albums. Except for this album we're about to talk about. Oh you, oh you're out of your fucking mind. Dude. No, this album's you're the best thrash album ever. Mind. You you think this holds up with with, with fucking kill them all through fucking puppets? I think it's better. Oh my god, okay, alright, alright. I think it's the greatest thrash album ever done. Okay, alright. Be- better than fucking Rain and Blood. Yes. Okay. Shit, I like other Slayer albums more than Rain and Blood, bad example. Okay. Better all than right. Haunted the Chapel. All Show right. No Mercy, Hell Awaits, my favorite. Alrighty, okay, alright. It's a masterpiece. Continue. So, um, the very first time I heard anything from violence was they were giving away free demos um, uh, through a magazine ad uh, and I got uh, uh, the demo which I have on cassette and I know I never threw it away I mean I'd be stupid to I can't find it though but I have so much boxes and shit I know it's somewhere and the first time I heard it I thought whoa what the fuck this guy what, what the hell and I got the same reaction I got from somebody else that a lot of people don't get. The first time I heard King Diamond, the first time I heard the Merciful Fate EP, I was just enthralled with King Diamond. I was so, it was like I'd never heard anything like this before, and it's so appealing to me. And the same thing happened with Sean Killian. Though, and here's the weird thing about Sean Killian with me. A lot of his singing is so fast that you can't understand what he's saying even with me not understanding what he's saying I knew it was demented I just knew it I go because you know the little lines here and there I was like ooh that's sick I bet all that other shit he's talking about is just as sick and I'm right because when I got the lyrics and shit when I got Eternal Nightmare I was like god damn this guy is fucking a fucking monster and a, a true original now mind you I didn't think Eternal Nightmare was better than the first three Metallica albums back then. 
You know, it took a while for me to realize, you know, this is the greatest band ever that ever played thrash. You know, and the band as well, man. I mean, the music musically, and I know you've said you like the musically. I mean, you can't fuck with this music, but when you add this guy's unique, original voice with original type lyrics, it oh, just puts God. them over the top to me. I think this guy is a fucking genius, and he's a fucking hero. And I, I can never sound like this guy. A lot of people say I sound like Sousa. This guy's way more influential, way more influential than Sousa or Bailoff to me. And uh, but I don't sound nothing like him because well, nobody. Well, can. well, thank thank God you sound more like Sousa. I I'll take uh, I'll take this guy over Sousa any day. I'll take this guy over any thrash singer any day. You know, I mean, I'm not so, you know, oh, it's got to be safe. It's got to be this. It's got to be that. I like, I like some weird shit. And it's kind of weird you don't like this since you're a Zappa fan. This is like if Frank Zappa had a fucking thrash band. He'd sound like this. Because he, he would he would go off the wall, you know, during in the middle of a fucking song. Dynamo Hum and all this crazy shit that goes on within those songs. So appealing to me. And it's appealing to you, so how you don't get this makes you really retarded. Thank you. Hell yeah, and I saw them completely destroy Testament when they opened for them on this tour. Okay, uh, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, on their EP for, uh, for uh, what is it? Testicle Torture? What, what the fuck's no, it torture, torture Tactics, which was much later. Torture Tactics, yes, which, which was later. But there is an intro uh, to the song Something Cop or whatever. Uh, uh, Officer Nice. Officer Nice. Officer Nice. That was recorded in Hallandale, Florida. Were you at that show? Wait a second. Really? I yeah, didn't even know this. That was the big riot. Yes, yeah, that, that, that's where that was recorded. It was in Hallandale, Florida in 19. Officer Nice from Eight. Torture Tactics EP? Yes, was a recording. Hallandale, Florida, 1988. Were you How there? How the fuck can you educate me? Ian, that's the infamous show that Chuck Billy talks about in Hard and Heavy, that they got kicked out of, the, the, the police escorted them out. Testament only played three songs because what happened was violence was so insane that they, they really riled up the crowd so much that the whole, the whole club freaked out, going, oh, shit, so... They called cops in for the Testament set, so it wouldn't go that crazy. And you know, when Testament came out, they they opened with Into the Pit, so you know the the place started going, this place started going insane. And and maybe a, I think they did the haunting or burnt offerings, and they did by the third song, which I believe was maybe Eerie Inhabitants. Uh, the cops came out, stopped the show, and like even pushed like Eric Peterson into his amps. The whole place went insane. And I told my friend, let's get out of here. So uh, Button South was right next to the overpass of I-95. We went in the car. We got on the overpass. While we were going over the overpass, we saw an army of paddy wagons going to the... Uh, and a lot of people got arrested that night. A lot of my friends. Um, chairs were flying. There were tables and chairs in this club. Uh, it was just a complete riot broke out because you got these people that were all fired up after violence and then you throw new world order 
Testament era over there, and it, it continued to happen. And but it, it was stopped because the the club owners freaked out because violence really did. I mean, you weren't there, Ian, and I'm not saying it's because yeah, you weren't there. But violence, even though they were on this rinky dink label called Mechanics, that shit was. I mean, that that label really pimped it. You go to record stores and see posters, a lot of magazine articles, a lot of magazine uh, promos. You know, it, they got such a buzz during this time that anybody that was into thrash like me gravitated it like you just worshipped it. And it was short-lived, unfortunately. I, I feel uh, Megaforce dropped the ball with uh, Pressing the Masses because that's a great follow-up. Not as good, but it's a great follow-up. And, um, you know, and there wasn't no, no tour support. And that's how you really got, you know, out there. You had to go out to the people. They got a lot of tour support for uh, for this album, Eternal Nightmare. And there were minions of fucking fanatics for violence at that time. I mean, when they open for Testament, most bands you go, you go see, it's not packed in there till the headliner. No, no, it was packed. People were waiting for Testament. I mean... Violence. Well, yeah. Uh, the intro to that was recorded at the Hallandale, Florida show in 1988. Wow. That is a mind blower. I can't believe you educated me on violence. Yeah, well, that's what I do. I study this shit. That's why. Yeah, I, but I, I, I read liner notes and I didn't catch you it. Know, you know, when you're like, oh, I don't know that album. I got to study. I'm like, bitch, I study every album, even though, even if I know it. Uh, and that's what I wow, found out. Wow, the infamous. And they probably did that because of that. They probably, you know, because I'm sure they could have used that intro to any show. But they felt, yeah. let's do the Houndale one because of what happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that wasn't mentioned. They just said that uh, the intro to that because they said on, on the uh, Torture Tag EP, it's actually a fake live version of Officer Nice. But they said the actual intro was recorded at that Hallandale show in 1988. You have to put that out. I'm going to put that on when we're done. All right. Well, there you go. Thank you, all Ian. Right, all right. Well, this is a band uh, I, I, I kind of saw, you know, around the time they came out. You know, I, I saw like a couple of ads like in Metal Maniacs and stuff like that. Because you didn't see this shit on MTV. No, they had no video for this album. Right, right. But, you know, you, you saw ads in, uh, you know, because I bought all, I, I didn't just buy the pussy shit like Hit Parader and Rip and Circus. You know, I bought Metal Maniacs. I bought all that shit. So I saw ads for this. And, and the thing that attracted me was the, uh, God, I know I'm going to pronounce his name, Eddie Ripka or Repka. Uh, you know, the same guy that did the, 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 the artwork for this album did, you know, Megadeth, you know, did all, all the classic shit back in the day. And I was like, wow, what a fucking album cover. I mean, to, to me, it's still one of the best uh, thrash metal album covers. It's iconic. It is oh, iconic. yeah. Oh, it, it, it's fucking incredible. It's incredible. Uh, but I never checked it out at the time. Never checked it out. Didn't even come close to checking it out. Don't recall seeing a video on MTV or nothing like that. Uh, but you would hear the name violence, you know, you'd keep hearing, you know, and uh, then I was an early fan of uh, Machine Head, and uh, knowing, okay, this guy came from the, that band Violence, yeah, they had that awesome album cover, 
And uh, I, I love Early Machine Head. Those first two albums, I think, are, are fucking great. I think they're great metal albums. Um, but uh, I never went and checked this out. But you talk so much stuff about this. I was like, okay. And then, you know, another place where I heard about this was uh, the great documentary, Get Thrashed, which I watched just prior to us recording this. Uh, I knew I had some time to kill while I was waiting for you to get home. You should have watched Blood and Dirt. It's on YouTube. So, so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to watch Get Thrashed. And and, and you got you to gotta have, you know, you got to be a lifer like me who has the actual uh, DVD. You hear that? Is that Tommy? I have Tommy back. Hell yeah. Tommy, Tommy's like violence rules. Yeah, Tommy... Uh, Tommy, the podcast superstar, is back. He's During this episode, he's going to go, Yeah, that is... I got Tommy back. Let's just leave it at that. I got Tommy back. But, so I'm watching this, but this is one of those things where you have to be a lifer like us that has the actual DVD because... They only talk about violence on the bonus shit, you know. Uh, and there's a lot of reverence for, for this band, a lot of people who like it. And uh, But still, I didn't check it out for whatever reason. There's a lot of other bands that I did check out because of Get the Rest. Like Heathen is a band I love. I yeah, love, they're awesome. I, oh, dude, I love me some Heathen. Uh, and that's a band that I checked out because of uh, Get Thrashed. Uh, Municipal Waste is a band I checked out because of Get the Rash. I ta- I bumped into Tony, uh, the singer of Municipal Waste that came down. Oh, man, great band. Great band. I love them. Uh, but again, this is one that I just didn't check out, you know, and I'll never forget, you know, the guy talking about, like, people either got it or they did it because of the way that, that Sean Killian sang. And I was like, all right, I'll put it on the list. And then, you know, when you and me met, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, you really, you think it's that good? And I checked it out, I was like, oh, my God. It, you know, what the fuck is this shit, you know? You retard. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so bad. And, uh, you know, I, I gotta say, I, I felt a little bit vilified when we did our interview with the great Johnny Z. Yeah. We're, where Johnny Z said, oh, oh, you know, violence could have gone a lot farther with a different singer, you know, and that's what held him back. And I agree a thousand percent on this album. Well, that's because people don't understand the greatness of uh, right. Sean Killian. But, you either get it or you don't, like King Diamond. But How I, many times have you heard people say, I like the music of King Diamond? Oh, yeah. No, and... and and, and, and remind me, remind me, because I've been drinking for a while now. Remind me, I have a great revelation to say at the end of this review. Um, I'm on Percocet. I might not remember. Okay. Well, anyway, um, you know, I, I, I'm the same way. Like, when I first heard Slayer, hated it. When I first heard King Diamond, hated it. When I first heard uh, Overkill, hated it. All because of the singers. And, and now those are all bands that I absolutely love absolutely love but this is one I've tried multiple times and now I kind of feel like at 45 years old either I'm going to get it or I'm not uh, 
you know, and, and that, that's not to say, maybe in five years I'll change my mind, but as of right now, there's one thing that's really holding me back on this, and that's Sean Killian. And I gotta say, man, I don't want to trash this guy, because of all the videos I've seen of everything he's gone through, I'm happy for this guy, you know? Lived a rough life, I mean, people, I mean, he looked like he was on his fucking deathbed. And now this guy is on stage fucking thrashing out. Jumping in the audience. Oh, yeah, doing all this shit, dude. I'm happy for him, dude. I'm happy for him. I'm just not on board. I mean, to me, it's like, eh. But I'm, I'm not, not going to sit here and slam the guy, dude. You know, it's, it's like, to me, he has a very limited ability. Uh, what? But he, <laughs> he can he, do shit nobody can do. But he he, he he loves this music. He feels this music. To me, uh, you know, he's a very important part of Thrash. It's oh, just yeah. not for me. It's just not for me. But I'm, I'm not... No matter what I have to say, you know, in this upcoming review, I'm not trying to slash Song Killian as a person. Because I think, like I said, from everything I saw, he's a cool dude, man. And, 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 he, and he's battled diversity and he's done all this. And I know how much he means to you. I mean, I know you contributed to his medical fund. Yeah. You know, and and that, and that shows how much you love this guy and how much what he's done meant to you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just not on board on this album, but, you know, to, to each their own. But I do realize that this is considered uh, a very important album in thrash metal. You know, and anybody who says it's not... You're killing, you know, you're fooling yourself. Whether you like it or not, you know, it's one of those albums where you can't deny the impact of this. Because I, I think this is a very important uh, album in Thrash. But now that we've got our whole intros uh, in and out, Ralph, why don't you take the first track, which is uh, Internal Nightmare, the title uh, track. Starting off this masterpiece with an epic title track about a fucked up nightmare. Not like that poser shit about sleeping with one eye open. Fuck that shit. Sean Killing will shove his eye iron up your ass. And you'll bite down on that pillow tight, you fucking poser. This is this band is a band that just can't be fucked with. That riffage and speed devours everybody. And then you have this legend spewing demonic lyrics like, I drank the pot, the dead, the dead, the dead. I can't even do it, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm on Percocets, but I, I know the lyrics in my head. But let me tell you, I can't, I can't sing this shit. But you know, like I'm gonna try now. I'm gonna do this slower. I drank the blood. The dead souls have died. I curse the devil. Then watch them die. You know, I love that shit. And then that part where he's going, Colin, you, uh, you come at me, Colin. My laughter's mauling. Eternal, I rule your mind. Constricting your thoughts are constricting. Your mind is sickening. Then you're the one I love to feel of most of all. You know, motherfucking yes, man. Violence has arrived. And, you know, they, they have no time for you sword swallowers. Really, this this is the fucking best. Best. Period. And this ain't even the best song on the album. But you know what? I, I, I would almost go as far to say this whole album is tied. Every song is just fucking a 10. It's hard for me to pick a favorite, to tell you the truth. 
It's impossible for me to pick, pick a fucking favorite. But, you know, it's it's up there. It's a 10. It's as good as the rest of the album. I absolutely love the title track. Eternal Nightmare is a great introduction to what you're going to get with this band. It's like, hey, move over, bitch, if you don't know Sean Killian, and let the people that worship him enjoy real thrash. Thank you. Well, Tommy keeps on crying because... Uh, no, he loves violence. He, he's mad we already reviewed Invasion of Your Privacy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, okay. Yeah, he wanted to slam it with me. Eternal Nightmare. Good music. Sounds like Old Slayer plus East Coast, East Coast Thrash. I really get that kind of mix here. Because I hear a lot of, like, classic Slayer. But in, like, the tempo changes, I hear a lot of Anthrax and, uh, and, and Overkill as far as the tempo changes. But then when you get to those goddamn vocals, it sounds about as smooth as Gilbert Godfrey singing Leonard Skinner. Uh, man, just what a fucking total deal breaker. Uh, whatever they set forth with the great music, as soon as these vocals kick in, I'm like, what the fuck? And the production on this album is one of the worst wow. productions I've ever heard. Uh, can, I, can I just uh, interrupt you for one second? Go ahead. Um, I want to give a shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his Father God for blessing me of not knowing what bad production is. Okay. All right, I'll let you continue. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is really, really bad production, especially vocally. And I even... It was so bad. I looked up the producer. Like, did this guy ever work again? You know, did he ever do anything again? And he was a producer that was known in the Bay Area, uh, predominantly working with Joe Satriani, which, uh, you know, it, it, it's instrumental shit, which I get that because I really don't think this guy, at this point in his career, knew how to produce vocals because the vocals on this are absolutely horrible even for you know you know there's a lot of people with limited vocal range that you can like make sound better uh through production prime example one of my favorite bands of all time rat okay steven piercy without without great production assistance he doesn't sound that good okay but this guy, like, like really, you couldn't make this guy sound any better than you do? I mean, this really uh, is good as the thrash is. But to me, you know, I'm going to be honest here, there's nothing groundbreaking about this thrash. To me, this is nothing that by this point in 1988 that I haven't heard done before and done better. But it's good. It's good. It's passable. But, you know, you put you put these fucking, you know, third-rate fucking vocals on top. Like, wow. Uh, you know, something, uh, you know, one of our fellow podcasters, uh, Baco, from Covers of Firecast, he does this thing where he talks about uh, people being overrated, underrated, and perfectly rated. And he applied it to some artists that I totally disagreed with. But I liked the rating system. I thought it was a pretty interesting rating system. To me, violence is perfectly rated. They never got any bigger than they did because of what they did. 
Uh, you know, to me, it, it's it's nothing groundbreaking. Uh, it, it's nothing none of the big four did better, or even bands that weren't even in the big four did better. And they all had better vocalists, and they all had better production. But there is a, a certain rawness that I will give to this, that, that I do love about the music, because it's very thrashed. It's very... Like, uh, you know, but it's nothing groundbreaking. But, uh, oh my God. One thing, Ralph, you told me is like, okay, well, when you check it out, check out the lyrics. Read the lyrics, you know, as you read it. The only thing I think you could get from that is like, oh, this must be, because I know how much you hate Rob Flynn. Rob Flynn must have wrote these lyrics, because to me, they're just as horrible is the shit on that last fucking uh, Machine Head song that was absolutely fucking dreck. You need to stop drinking. Uh, I, I mean, I was really like, wow, this is nothing that fucking, you know, Slayer and fucking all these other, <laughs> other, other metal bands didn't do way a thousand times better. You are so clueless. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying, just, just my opinion, dude. Clueless. How can you fucking put these lyrics to Machine Head lyrics? And especially like the ones that you think are, I think they're all bad. Let Freedom Rain with a Shotgun Blast is fucking lame. Even their, oh. their most heralded album. Oh. I think that shit's terrible. I, I, this I, is I, great. Dude, you're, my laughter's mauling. Dude, Rob Flint could never come up with something that genius. Fuck that. You're crazy. Oh, you boy. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah, not impressed so far. But then we'll go to the next song, Serial Killer. Oh, man, yes. All right. Best part of this is the Slayer ripoff on the guitar playing solo. Uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, doesn't do anything for me. Retarded fucking... I, I didn't even put lyrics. I put Lear Rucks because uh, it's so fucking bad. Uh, but yeah, the, the only redemption of this is, is the Slayer ripoff. On the guitar solo that lasts for about 20 seconds. What do you think of this one, Ralph? It's another masterpiece. You know, it has some shout-outs to serial killers, taking down the names of all the Bay Area thrash bands and putting a boot print on their face. Except for Paul Bailiff. He gets a pass for being, you know, in the same league of awesomeness as violence. But, you know, my silent grave. Well, that's where you lay. This song owns so hard, it's fucking ridiculous. As far as what you were saying before about this one and that one, how it's, you know, bands have done this before. I disagree so much because this band, it does have the thrash elements, of course, the crunchy guitars, what we've heard before a million times. But what they did was added, added this speed to it that I never heard any band take those elements of thrash, make it so speedy, and also these crazy changes that keep it going. It doesn't like they make a change, they stop to make the next change. No, they keep going with the same crazy beat with another change. It fits perfectly. It's just fucking amazing. And the lyrics to this, when he talk, calls out Richard uh, Ramirez and, and Ted Bundy and shit like that, it's just so genius how he like constructs it. And I'm telling you, there's so many things this guy says. It's like, look, it's like, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, Free Will Burning. 
from Judas Priest. You know, look at me. I've, I've met people that can actually do that whole thing, but not many. It's very hard to sing Free Will Burning Middle Section. This whole album is Free Will Burning Middle Section. The way that this guy sings and spews out these lyrics at such a rapid pace adds so much to the velocity, the the rapid fucking just speed of this that, that sets him apart from every fucking singer in the history of thrash. That's why I love this guy so much because not only can he do the impossible with his singing, but he adds these really demented fucking uh, lyrics that give you these crazy visions. Because like I said earlier, I didn't know what this guy was saying a lot till I sat down and read the lyrics going, God, dude, this guy's a fucking, this guy's like impossible. I don't know. He's doing the impossible throughout this whole fucking album. So, and this album, this song is amazing. Want to see a killer video for this? I made one where I added clips of violence with the amazing movie, Henry Serial, Portrait of a Serial Killer, that mixes so well. It's just amazing. Okay, I'll go to the next one. Phobophobia, the shining moment on this whole album about how amazing Sean's vocal delivery can be. You know, like I said, pretty much this whole album is like free will burning or so on. But, you know, I, I can never do it. But the, the part, and I know Ian can never get this. And it's a shame. It really is a shame. But it's so amazing to me when he's like, constant paranoia. Keep me looking over the shoulder. How are you going to look running down the street? That part is so fucking killer. You know, it's like, I if, look. I will punch a baby if I ever go see violence and they don't play Phobophobia. And lucky enough, they've always played this song live. And the last time I flew to Oakland several months ago to see violence and they played it. And this guy can still do it after everything this guy's been through. If you really want to know what Sean Killian's been through, you need, I mean need, to watch the interview he did with Steve Souza on Steve Souza's YouTube channel. What's it called? Souza's Vault or something? Yeah. Uh, he talks, you know, they had tubes up his dick. It, you know was, I mean? it, it was called Vieira Vault, but somebody sued him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gene Simmons. And, uh, but it, he's been through so much and then to see him pull off that section of phobophobia, which he only does, he does it not only once, he does it twice with different lyrics later on in the song. And again, that, that riffage, you know, it's like, yes, it sounds like thrash, but what's going beneath it, the speed of the drumming from Perry Strickland, the bass playing, the, you know, the whole fucking, the whole fucking shebang, this thing is fucking amazing. And I think this is the song that Sean Killian, like, really takes it even further than he has before or after. Because what he does is impossible. This one is just, God, I want to meet somebody. Please, anybody. Because I know there's cool motherfuckers that probably don't even listen to us and say, oh shit, they talk about Eternal Nightmare? I got to listen to this. Anybody out there that knows this album, please, please, if you can do that part, please record yourself doing it. Because I want to, I, I just want to be aware that somebody can do that other than Sean Killian. Because honestly, I don't think anybody can. But... I've seen people do free will burning, and I didn't think that was possible. So, uh, anyway, I fucking love it. And the phobophobia, 
you know, it's as it's as original as it can get, and it's not for the faint of heart of you come gargler's. All right, phobia, phobophobia. That's uh, about the the dumbest fucking name I've ever for a song since fucking uh, fanfare, fanfare. Uh, but God damn was it, off, was that off the other? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you got a bum copy, fanfare, fanfare. Uh, oh my God, uh, what what a stupid fucking name. But my favorite track on the fucking album. Holy shit, is the music on this one good? God damn, do I love this fucking song. Uh, but again, the minute this guy starts singing, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, did you record his vocals while he's on a fucking teeter-totter? You know, you know, it's like, hold the mic up to his fucking mouth. Uh, I love that, man. Oh, man. God, it's so good. So original. Oh, man. It's like man. Frank Zappa. Oh, man. What an insult to Frank Zappa. No, it's not. Uh, it's a very big, big uh, compliment to the man. Uh, Frank Zappa would love this shit. The, the, mu- the music on this one, though, dude. I dig it. This, this is like this is a great thrash song. Musically. Musically. But, but then you add this shit. And this is something you, you told me. You said, check out the lyrics, dude. Check out the lyrics uh, while you listen to this album. And I did that for every song. I I, I did. I did what you told me. I checked them out. And I'm like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Can you tell me what good lyrics are? Can you, From the top of your head, what song has good lyrics? Uh, Rock and roll all night. <laughs> All right, I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, 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 what, first band on the moon. First band on the moon. Uh, uh, glitter. Uh, uh, what's what's another great one? Uh, Brandon. Toast your glasses. Toast your glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Toast your glasses. Whatever the fuck it is. Uh, but I, I mean, this is something. Like, like, like lyrically, like I really thought, like okay, well, this is where I'm gonna get what I was missing. I really thought that, like, okay, well, he said check out the lyrics, okay, so I'm gonna, you know, you know, this is what I'm missing. There was gonna be something like, as much as you love this, and as much as I respect your opinion, I was like, okay, there's something uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm just not getting. So okay, maybe if I do this, then I'm gonna get it. And, and to me, man, this is like some third grade fucking bullshit. I mean, this is like, this whole album to me is like horrible, horrible lyrics. Horrible. Uh, and this song is no exception, but musically, oh my God, do I love this song. This this is like really good. Like, God damn. You know, g- give fucking Chuck Billy or fucking uh, Belladonna or even Mustaine, you know. This song. And they could rescue something out of this and, and, and make it like a masterpiece. But as it is, it's just a really good musical song, just killed by Killian, dude. And, and I, like I said, I hate to say this because he seems like a really cool guy. A really cool guy. But you, you know what? Hey, I do a podcast and I've got a horrible voice for radio, for podcasts, but I keep doing it. And that's how I see Sean Killian. Like, 
He knows he sucks at this shit, but he keeps doing it like I keep doing it, so I give him respect for that. But it's just not that good. Not that good at all. Sorry to sorry to burst your bubble, but Sean Killian must be very proud of uh, how he does this shit because uh, okay. he knows people would kill for him. People would even even your little butt nugget fucking favorite member of Machine Head says it in the Blood and Dirt documentary, which you could see for free on YouTube, and I highly recommend it. Even if you don't like um, violence, you need to see this. Uh, and and by the way, uh, bringing up Johnny Z before, how, what Johnny Z, Z said about this, fine. I respect anybody's opinion, but you know who stood behind uh, violence all the way was the great Debbie Abona. Very respected. Everybody loved Debbie. Overkill, Metallica, you name it. You name any fucking band that that, that was associated with that that lady, she was the real deal. She she was an older lady. You oh see no, her, no, yeah, I know she's. You know she, she is. She was. She, she was loved the manager. Them. She used to book. She used to book all the shows. And, she uh, loved them. She loved right. them. And and let me tell you, Perry Strickland and and, uh, and Sean Killian were nightmares on the road as far as pranking people, doing crazy shit. And she knew it. She, they were a handful to her, but she believed in them so much. Okay, good for her, man. But that's my point, you know. Hey, uh, Johnny Z, respect him like crazy. He doesn't get it. He got it enough to sign it, so you know he must have saw something. Uh, calling the corn, calling the corn. Again, uh, pretty much like what I said about the other. I like the music. Once the singing starts, though, and, and those fucking lyrics, if you want to call them that, uh, I, I, I check out. But it's okay musically. What do you think? As you can see me on your public TV, cool jacket, cool tie, and wheeling out the body. Probably the most radio-friendly uh, th- this band can produce. What a fucking riff. What those demanding lyrics in the... And only that can come out of the mind of the best fucking thrash singer in the history of thrash, hands down. You know, our hats off to you, corner. A job well done. The grieving proud of their funeral face, son. Damn, and that fucking breakdown. Holy fuck, you know. Distorted features as I pick him off the road. His body mangled. Took ten hours for me to sew together. Perfectly stitched. Sultered and closed and staring through the glass eyes. Just one more step for Mother Deer. Her first glance, she starts to cry. That is fucking genius. Fucking metal. Fucking amazing goddamn lyrics. That is the epitome of greatness of Sean Killian. Not only, and that, you notice, I wrote, I, I, I actually did fucking, you know, I have that shit memorized and I could read it because that's the one time he slows down enough that it's not impossible to sing that part. But that part of the song is my favorite part. Absolutely love calling in the corner. It's just genius. All right, I'll take the next one. TDS, take it as you will. You know, uh, no one told me that these drugs I take would kill. They just front away and then they send you the fucking bill. That's fucking great. Fuck yes. The assault continues about heroin addiction. Not some pussy-ass hair farmer pretending to write a da- diary on smack. This is the real deal. You know what I mean? Lyrically, dude. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. 
Are you calling Nikki Six's heroin diaries bullshit? Are you not? No, not at all. Uh, that's yeah. all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I, I just wanted to hear you who gets all upset about him getting back together again, bitch about it. Oh, you know, I mean, I bitch about shit like you do. I'm okay, no different bye. than you. You, you know, I, I, I did when I edited that last show. I was thinking, you know, listen to this guy. He's fucking bitching just like I am. He's he's an anal little guy like I am. No different. Who's so talk? just like you, but with less talent. I, I fully well, You're just like me, but you wish death on people. You, you take uh, it to a whole new level of bitching. Okay. So if you're going to complain about me bitching about Motley Crue being, you know, it's fucking Motley Crue, man, this and that. I'm like, well, you're bitching about Motley Crue right now. Yeah, I'm just mad because they're alive. <laughs> I just think, and that, that was funny, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I mean, again, lyric, I got to bring up lyrics. You know, I love that no dime bag, no quarter, I'll take the gram. The heroin quick fix, a mainline slam. Speedball, it's rolling, turn it all the time. Injecting, infesting, and infiltrates my mind. Quick pulse, the heart can't take. Pounding all in my veins. I'm nauseous and playing the basket case. Die slowly, die painfully on my strung out face. An epic last line on this is when he says, it was your choice, so hold your voice and don't point your finger. Fucking genius. Love the hell out of this song. I love them all, though. What do you think of this great song that you don't get? Uh, well, well, when it came to this, I'm like, you know, I'm feeling bad at this point. Like, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to say? You know, I don't like Sean Killing's voice. Blah, I don't like Sean Killing's voice. So, the great thing is, uh, you know, because of the interview we did with Johnny Z, uh, I, I, I called him up. I, I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, can we talk? You know, can, can you give me a little bit info because I'm running out of shit to say about dogging this fucking album. I was like, I was like, TDS. I'm like, what, is, what does that even fucking stand for? And Johnny Z told me it stands for Tone Death Singer. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Ow. Okay. Okay, My pain well, came back. Okay. Well, that makes <laughs> sense. Thanks, Johnny. And he's like, all right, Godzilla gotta go. And I was like, all right, all right. All right. He's wrong. Uh, TDS sounds, uh, stands for, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's for the Testament uh, fan club, Testament dick suckers. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, otherwise known as people with taste. Um, yeah, taste of cock. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Eat them up. Eat them up. Yeah. Oh, oh my All God. Right. Let me pat myself you, on the back. Try, I'm eating up with dick here. If you try to tell me for a second this album's better than The Legacy, you're crazy. Okay, I'll tell you in 10 minutes then. How's that? All right. All right. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. It, it's starting to wear thin on me uh, by this point. Uh, it's really like, okay, okay, there's songs that I like musically. And I like what they're doing. But again, to me, there is no new ground broken. You know, there is no, like, taking it to the next level. Uh, There's no game changer here. It's just a copy of a copy of a copy with a really, really, really bad... Don't repeat the copy of a copy of a copy no more. Just leave it once for this episode. Because I edited that out of Molly Hatchet like 20 times. 
Okay, well, I mean, you know, I'm calling a spade a spade when it is. It is. So Testament's me- not a copy of a copy, Ian. You're going to tell me Testament's any more groundbreaking with their thrash music? Give me a break. You, I don't hear you say that about Testament. Now, you've got to fucking admit Testament's a copy of a copy if you're talking musically. The fuck have they done that's original? Well, you got me there, but I like them. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. So you're bashing something that you actually approve of. I got a point. Well, well, well I, I, I'm saying I, I would I would never consider Testament music. Okay, I would never consider Testament musically as uh, innovative as the original four. Uh, but I think they took it to different directions vocally, and I, I, I thought they were great songwriters. But I will say this: I don't think they, uh, you know, there's nothing that that the Big Four did that they didn't do. But I, I, I thought they were, I thought they were much better songwriters. Uh, I, I think the same the same case could be made for Overkill. I don't think Overkill musically did anything that the Big Four didn't do. But I think they were solid songwriters. And I, I think overall they had a better, uh, you know, a better catalog, a, a solid catalog than a lot of the big four. I think the same thing could be said for Testament. But they're not groundbreakers, and I think that's why they're not in the big four. I don't think the big four is, is a lot of people like to put it out as, well, who sold more records. But there's a reason. And, and to me, the big four are all very different. I think the big four are all very different, um, but they were all groundbreakers. Where a lot of these other bands didn't necessarily, you know, change the game, but they had a consistency level. And I don't, I don't think this this band, to me personally, succeeds on any level. Uh, you know, competent, yes, competent musicians, yes. I mean, there's some great playing on this and there's some great songs that I think I, I'm sorry I gotta agree with Johnny Z I think with a different singer this band could have went a lot farther but they went where they could have went with uh, you know with Sean and hey he's, he's a nice guy I don't give a fuck oh they would have went further so they could be more popular oh fuck you you trendy bitch okay bye like what you like. Who gives a fuck if they would have went farther? Yeah, well, I'm just saying I don't like it. I don't yeah, like well, it. don't use that as an excuse. Just say you don't like it. So fuck that stupid popularity contest. What is no, it? The fucking no. Grammy Awards? Right. No, but I, but I'm thinking with with a with a better, more capable singer, I, I think they could have reached a, a broader audience. I well, think they, all I can were... say is violence is sitting pretty now with the reunion. People are flying all over the world to see yeah, them. It's a novelty thing. It's a novelty. Novelty? How's violence a novelty? They're underground. How can they be a novelty? I, I know, no. but it's, it's novelty because they've been, they've been away for so long. You put these guys on a full coast-to-coast tour, it ain't going to sell shit, dude. Popularity. Right, but, I, but I'm saying because... They're not that good. No. It, yeah, right. Okay. So every band that you like that didn't make it big aren't that good either, right, Ian? Is that no. what you're trying to say? 
Not not every band, but there are bands that I like that I well, admit. Not every band. Not every no, band. No, 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 no. Not, not every band. So, you know, it, since you don't like violence, it does apply to them as one of the bands that doesn't fit your criteria. No, but what I'm saying, there are bands that I know that I like that aren't exceptional, but I like them. But I understand why they didn't go to a bigger level. And there's other bands I think should have. And there's I other bands that, 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 that I understand why they're at where they're at. I understand as well, Ian. I understand and, a lot and, of bands don't become big like violence because nobody can accept the greatness of Sean Killian. I get it. I do get it. But right. the whole popularity thing is a lame excuse. It's no, like we all like bands that didn't become popular. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, well, well here, here's another band I think superior. That, that, that doesn't have, you know, is not as forbidden. I think Forbidden is a better band than Violence. Well, I don't, but there that's a band that didn't go anywhere. No, no. But but you know, I agree. I have a much higher opinion of, of uh Forbidden. I can tell you this now. Violence will get more people than Forbidden to come out, that's for sure. Yeah, you're that you're, goes without saying. You're probably so there right. Goes, there goes your narrative. But but my opinion I, I think I think I think Forbidden's a better band. With better songs. Great band. But I don't think so. But I love Forbidden. Well, Forbidden's two albums. I mean, after that, well, the last one album was okay. But you want to talk about some shit albums, like Green and what was that Distortion? Oh my God, was that? That's oh. just unlistenable. Well, well, hold on. We're gonna get into some violence albums after this. Yeah, there's one I'm not proud of. I'll admit. But uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, TDS. Yeah, uh, whatever. All right, the next song. Uh, bodies on bodies. Uh, is this album over already? Because to me, at this point, uh, nothing, nothing new, nothing groundbreaking. To me, this is a retread of what I've heard already. Uh, not a fan of this one. What do you think? Uh, subject matter, just like Slayer's "Angel of Death." The only difference is they took that amazing Slayer song and made it even better. Oh, get the fuck out of here! Gasoline, gasoline injected in the veins. Starvation, millions are dead on their way. This album gets faster and more are, are, brutal. Are, are, are you honestly saying that this is better than Angel of Death? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. All right. This album just gets faster and fucking okay. more brutal. No letting up, you know, with the best fucking Bay Area thrash okay. band ever okay. exists. You just do me a favor. You do me a favor. What? You repeat after me. Sure. Say I. I. Ralph Vieira. Ralph Vieira. Think Bodies on Bodies. Think Bodies on Bodies. Is a better song than Angel of Death by Slayer. Can I add a couple words to that? Go ahead. Is a better song than the amazing song that kicks off Rain and Blood that I absolutely worship. And I have absolutely nothing bad to say about it, but I do think that Bodies on Bodies is better. Okay. All right. Not slamming Angel of Death. You know, it's like saying, oh, Highway to Hell sucks because I like Power Age more. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm trying to say here? Just because I like something better than something that's right, awesome. Right, right, right. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I think it's, I understand what you're saying. I just think it's a horrible analogy. I mean, I really... Well, I, uh, I, I the reason that I, the analogy because it's the same subject matter. It's about the Holocaust. All right. All right. But uh, one song is, is unfortunately about Jews being, uh, uh, you know, 
wiped out. And the other one is about Jews wiping themselves out because they don't want to hear the fucking song. Holy don't shit. Don't say that about Slayer, dude. That song's awesome. Oh, my God. Dude, come on. You oh slammed my. Jeff Hanneman. That guy was a genius. Stephen Kirsch, back me up. Oh, my God. And Stephen Kirsch don't listen to this shit. Either one of those songs. Remember, he likes Bon Jovi. Yeah, true. You know? Uh, anyway, so, yeah, I just love it. I love the brutal lyrics, the scorching riffage, the demented vocals with the backing vocals that slap you poses around, uh, you know, your, your return to serenity bullshit. No, fuck that bullshit. This is real fucking thrash, bitch. Bodies on bodies, and, and let me tell you, man, I gotta, say, I gotta bring this up because it's the truth. I saw violence with anthrax. Exodus, Testament. Who else was on that fucking thrash of the time? SOD, fucking Heathen. Well, Heathen, I missed because of the stupid uh, bus I was on. Uh, to the way of show, I kept breaking the, the the back doors. Kept you know, bus driver had to get up, close the back doors constantly. That we missed Heathen, but Flotsam wow. and Jetsam was there. Um, who else? Um, oh, the Great Status. All these bands were. Death Angel. All I, of them. You like Forbidden. Status? You like Status? Yeah, I, I think Status. I think I, I can't stand Swallowed that. in Black is awesome. Great album. Anyway, so every band that performed that night was just so amazing. But you know what? The whole the whole venue was just waiting for violence. Everybody was just waiting for the return of violence because nobody, you know, thought it would ever happen. And they came out and I tell you, the show is uh, on YouTube. It was professionally shot. And I got to tell you, man, I've never seen a video capture what I saw that night better than that YouTube. Well, it's on it's on the Blood and Dirt uh, DVD. They really... Dude, when Sean, Sean Killian comes out, first thing he does, he grabs the mic and he's like, What the fuck? Dude, I was there. I was like, Oh, God, yeah. And they just... Ripped, man. They were so good. Dude, the whole bathroom was covered in blood after violence. Uh, no, I know. No Fred Durst, no violence. I mean, I mean, Rob Flynn. Same thing. Oh, yeah. So, and Rob, yeah, no Rob Flynn was there. Thank God. Fuck him. And, uh, and you know, what? whatever, dude. This fucking, this song rules. I'll take the last one, Killing Command. You know, the, again, to me, lyrics like, I will shoot from a distance, I will kill you in an instant, not a drop of blood on my suit. If I see you blink an eye, then you will surely die. I'll be there gone. I'll be there and gone before you even twitch. Fuck yeah. Ending song to an ending thrasterpiece. You know, depicting the life of a cold-hearted hitman. Killing for money ain't no shame. Fuck yeah, Killian, the perfect thrash wordsmith and that breakdown. Sweet mother of thrash. A million dollar paycheck, a pull of trigger bloodshed, a blood rip through your head. I kill so many times before I watch the bodies hit the floor. Always needing wanting more. I've dealt some I've dealt our death so many times. One more thing running through my mind. Money, 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 money. So when the file's being pulled on you, I'll tell you what you're gonna do. Stand still and make my job easier. Fuck yeah. It just don't get better than that. 
while you pussy bands are trying to save the rainforest, Sean is up there putting a bullet in your head of all you environmentalists fucking asswipe. Fuck that greenhouse effect and fuck you, Ian, with your green blouse effect. Yeah, that's what you were wearing in Nashville. Your homo ass trying to make me wear a fucking dress. But I listen to violence, bitch. Return to serenity. Why don't you return to these nuts, you anti-puss-licking sword swallower? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm laying down, <laughs> fucked up on Percocet, and I said that without notes. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I can man. I want to be a pill popper, dude. That was genius. I got to listen to that back. I don't even remember what uh, I said, but I think that was good, right? Don't you think uh, that was good? Yeah, uh, uh, take another pill before you listen green, to it. Green, green, green blouse effect. Come on. Green blouse effect. That hey, was I, awesome. I, I, you need to listen to this album before you fucking, uh, you know, talk about it again. Holy Was it green, green blouse? Was that what you were wearing? Was it green? No, it was purple and pink like Penny. All right. All right, uh, last track, Kill on Command. All right, uh, second best track on the album. Second best track on the album. I'll, I'll give it that. Uh, uh, better only by whatever the fucking third track was or whatever. I don't know. Uh, good Phobophobia. Music. Yeah, Phobophobia. That's my favorite one with the stupid Phobophobia. Love, uh, the, love that title. It's awesome. It's genius. Phobophobia. Yeah. yeah People works in a phobia. It's a phobophobia. It's double. Yeah. Double the impact. I like this one uh, musically. Again, lyrically, I'm like, <laughs> All right. Um, and I'm the repo. Yeah. No, no trust me. Uh, you are. No. Uh, all right. So this album was released April 1988. Uh, produced by... John Cumberletti, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, oh my God, to me, does this sound like shit? But I promised you, I promised you a revelation at the end of this review. And uh, I'm going to give it to you now. Uh, as I'm listening to this, and I know how much you love this band, I'm like, you know. I'm like, what the fuck am I missing? You know, is it, you know, what's going on here? You know, I'm like, maybe I just need to check out another album. So I checked out the next album, Oppressing the Masses. This one released December 1989 on Megaforce Records, this time produced by Eric's Perialis, who has produced many a Thrasher piece. Uh, I thought the band sounded a gazillion times better. What a much better produced album. The guitars sound better. The drums sound better. Sean Killian sounds better. Now this... You know, much more restraint. I enjoyed it. And then I went and I checked like... Uh, I was like, all right, I've heard all these... Uh, you know, ooh, torture tastics. Uh, you know, you know, you know, so controversial it couldn't be on oppressing uh, the masses. Yeah, you know, honestly, Ian, I'm gonna agree with you there. It's not really that. I mean, it's awesome and it's demented, but I've heard just as demented. Even on, even on fucking oppressing had some demented. Like I probably uh, 
world in a world. And, and dude, there's a song about beating up women on oppressing the masses. I mean, how can this one be even more right. controversial? Right, but what I'm getting at, though, is, is like, while the lyrics, I, I didn't find any more, like, shocking or offensive than anything else, once again, much like oppressing the masses, which Torture Tax was supposed to be part of, it sounded a gazillion times better. I was like, wow, much better production. Uh, you know, Sean's vocals, while still I think the weakest factor of the band, sounded better. I was like, okay, well, let me go on to the next one that everybody seems to hate. Nothing. Oh, my God. Nothing you are officially a homo if you like the next one. Nothing to gain. Okay, and this was an album, it was recorded in 1990. Uh, but wasn't released till 1993. They were already, you know, kicked off of Megaforce Records. This one came out on uh, Bleeding Heart was a label I've never heard of. Was re-released in 97 with other artwork. I thought this one was even better because I thought Sean Killian sounded much better. He didn't do that. But do ba dee ba dee ba ba dee ba dee ba That's what killed that album. No, he he actually sang, and I thought he sounded much better. Yes, musically it was more, uh, you know, like like musically. If you're gonna compare it to a thrash band changing, I would say it was kind of like what Overkill did with with uh, I Hear Black. Not as good. Uh, it, it, it's it's not as thrash. I'll admit that it's definitely not as thrash, but. I think it sounds good, and I think Sean Killian's vocals sound a gazillion times better than what they did on this. And 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 going back, I realized it's really Eternal Nightmare that gets on my fucking last nerve. Everything else these guys did, I'm like, eh, not so bad, not so bad. I think oppressing the masses, while the riffs might not be as thrashy as Eternal Nightmare. I think the guitar tone is better. I think the vocals are better. The production is light years ahead. Uh, Pressing the Masters does rule. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's no. an awesome album. I love no, it. I, I, you know, like, and, and I got to admit, dude, I, I skipped through it. I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to them. World in the World is my favorite violence song, and that's off of Pressing the Masters. Right, right. But, I, but I, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, like, I didn't listen to every song all the way through. Like, a, Okay, minute after this song, minute after that song, but oh my god! I mean, just sonically, everything sounded a gazillion times better with Eric Perialis producing uh, "Oppressing the Masses." But I, I, I mean, I, I acknowledge that if you like "Eternal Nightmare," you might not like the other stuff, you know, because it was much more like a no. That's like, not true. Like, like, you ain't gonna like the last one. But you'll like the other two. Yeah, but oppress the masses, like, like, like to me, like you know, you listen to Eternal Nightmare. It's more like, uh, like Creator or early dev- Devastator. Or, yeah, or, or Show No Mercy opposed to Rain and Blood production wise. Right, right, right. But I think, I think what I heard of opposed the masses, I was like, okay, man, this sounds really good, and I really like. The change in the vocal styles of uh, of Killian. No, it's not that drastic of a change, Ian. He uh, still does it. He still does it by the by the by the. Eh, to me, to me, not as bad. But um, 
you know, I guess it's all to your ears. It's like how, like, I really, really cannot stand Graham Bonnet on fucking Down to Earth. But that fucking uh, Michael Shank around me does. He doesn't get on my nerves as much. And and, that, and that's how I kind of uh, equate, you know, the difference between uh, Eternal Nightmare to Oppressing the Masses. And then on Nothing to Gain, he really changes it. But I like it. I really like it. I love man. Color of Life. The last track's awesome. Well, I like, like, like I, did, I did the same thing with Oppressing the Masses. And torture tactics. I listened to like a minute and a half and skipped, and I was like, I was like, ah, this is a bad. But I can see where, like, if, if Eternal Nightmare is what you like, I can see why you don't like the other ones. That I get. I love the other ones, except for the but, last one. But to me, I was like, okay, man, he sounds much better. And that's why, like, I'm really not trying to slam Sean, and he seems like a really good dude. I'm so happy uh, he's alive. I'm so happy he's performing again. That's incredible. Uh, but to me, his performance on Eternal Nightmare just ruins it for me. I mean, it really does. I mean, that's the one thing that stands out. And like, and even if it wasn't for his vocals, like musically, I still don't think there's anything that's like a standout. Like, oh my God, that's a groundbreaker. Uh, but his vocals really ruin it for me. Vocals make it a groundbreaker. Well, but yeah. but to, to me it, it's what kills it. But yep. on the other, but on the other albums, I think Sean Killian got better as he went on, and I would be interested to hear what he sounds like now. Like you know, I know oh, he, he can still do Eternal Nightmare stuff now. Right, right, oh. right. But, and but I have I'm, a feeling if they do make another album, it's going to be more Eternal Nightmare. I hope. I'm hoping at least. Well, of course, I know you hope. But you know, you know what I'm saying. You, you can only judge so much by what some asshole records on their fucking iPhone, uh, you know. But I'd be interested to see what his vocal delivery is like now, you know. I saw it. I, it's, it's perfect. He yeah. hasn't lost a step. Okay. The, okay. The, the, the set list was also dominated by Eternal Nightmare. Well, of course, because that is the most. Because that's yeah, that's the one that most people like. Right, right. But what I'm saying, though, is I would like to hear a new studio album with him, with a good producer, you know, with, with, with good sounding guitars, bass, and drums, and seeing what he sounds like. I would be interested to check it out. I, I wouldn't, like, you know, say, oh, I'm going to immediately pass on it. I would be willing to check it out, because I think he is capable of some good shit. But to me, to my ears, it's sort of nightmare anymore. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say Eternal Nightmare to Pressing the Masses to me is like Boston to Don't Look Back. They're both amazing albums. I love them both, but I like the first Boston album more. But I wow. love them both. See, you I, know, Liquid I, Courage is Liquid Courage is a song you can get into because that's where Sean really slows down. But it's so fucked up. You know, it's a, it's an alcoholic that beats his wife. But I was talking about earlier. And engulfed in flames and subterfuge is is very is very fucking uh, eternal right. nightmare. But but oppressing the masses has a man I'll never beat, and that's why I think I like that. <laughs> I love that song. I love that fucking song. Makes what a great cry. tune! Makes me that that guitar lick makes me fucking cry. That is a fucking lick. God damn! I love me. Don't look back. I love that fucking album. But, you know, I like uh, Boston one more. Doesn't mean I don't like 
See, that's the thing about people. I, I always get slammed on YouTube when I when I say I, I like something more than something I love. People always automatically like, oh, this to, but that album's great. I was like, I said it's great. I just like this one more. Well, I don't like that one more. Therefore, you must not like this album. I like more. You know, it's really, like really. Out. Do you get picked on by Kiss nerds when you say you like fucking uh, Hot in the Shade better than fucking uh, uh, Psycho Circus? Well, uh, well. Or, like, or no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Sonic Boom. I don't like Sonic Boom. Right, uh, but but which which you like better, Sonic Boom or Hot in the Shade? Hot in the Shade. Wow. See, see, you're gonna get hate mail for that. Yeah, well, that I don't mind because Sonic Boom is a piece of shit. There, you know, I. That's hey, 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 hey! There's Kiss fans listening. You, you have an audience listening. Not, not anymore, baby. I, I changed, I changed my shit around, and I gained over three thousand five hundred people. After, yeah, a lot of Kiss nerds left. Well, I'm sorry, not yeah. Kiss, Kiss tards left. But after they left, I gained over. 3,500 3, hey, people I, in just a few months. My my shit is exploding. Hey, I I go on I go on YouTube and and whether I watch it or not, I give it a like because I'm supporting because I like that you broke it up. I think that's fucking awesome and I think it's ballsy and that that's what I respect more than anything. I think it's ballsy that you didn't like. Oh, I'm just gonna sit here and rely on my kiss tart. That's I'm gonna right. Pick it up. And I, I think you made the right decision. I think you made a gutsy decision, and uh, it was a roll of the dice. And it really was. It really. I thought I was gonna really. I hey, just couldn't take it no more. I couldn't no, take it no more. And and you shouldn't, dude. And that's how I am about. Hey, there's a lot of people I love that do, you know, restricted podcasts. Like, oh, we're just kiss or we're just cheap trick. And you know, we have those friends. Yeah. Let me let me tell you something that happened to me. Just yesterday was it the day before i don't remember i made a post i don't know if you saw this i made a post saying it was on thanksgiving actually i wrote you know what i would be thankful for if i stopped getting countless messages and fucking comments about kiss listen to other bands you fucking tards i don't know if you saw that well one guy well one one douchebag wrote you should be thankful for your followers i i was like yeah i am I'm thankful for this guy. I, I named some people. Jackson Routing, I'm thankful for him. I'm thankful for these people that like different music. And then the next day, I said, I'm very, very, I'm so bummed. I can't go to record store day because my, my legs fucked up. This guy left a comment. Hey, man, do you own the demo of Wicked Lester? You know what he was doing, like fucking with me. So I banned him. I banned him on the Almost Human page. I banned him on my page. He sent me a message on my other Facebook page. Banned him. These are fucking idiots that don't get it. Hey, man, I am thankful. I am thankful for my followers. I really am. But if you're going to fucking be just a kiss nerd, that's fine. But if you're going to be a kiss nerd that's constantly barraging me about what do you think of of the, uh, the star on Paul Stanley's ass during the love gun costume, I'm sorry. I don't have time for you, Pickle Whistler. So I don't want you guys to follow me. If you just want Kiss, I'm sorry. Go listen to fucking Three Sides or Kiss Facts or whatever the fuck. There's many, many podcasts and YouTube channels dedicated to Kiss. Go to them because I am tired, sick and tired of fucking just talking Kiss while my other channels were suffering. I'm like, fuck this. I'm rolling the dice and I'm making, I'm putting 
everything on this channel. Cheap Shrek, Metallica, Violence, Merciful Fate, everything. And you know what? I knew, I thought I was, I, I, I had no idea that I was going to get this much of a following because of that. I, 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 like, I like your balls. It's nice to see some of those balls. I'm a big fan of balls. I did it. I had enough. I have two of them, and I dig it. I had enough. My fucking, I made out Cheap Trick Channel. Dude, that shit, I don't think it's even 500 subscribers, and it's been up for over a year. Enough. Enough. Yeah, yeah. and what's a better band? Let's say it right now. Kiss or Cheap Trick? I don't even have to answer that stupid-ass question. Okay, you know, all I can say is to the kids fans, I'll be the same. How's that? Ah, ah, you like what I did there, huh? I like it. I, I, see, I got that because I'm a cheap trick fan. That's right, man. Sayonara. Fucking, you know, senorita goodbye. <laughs> you know I, what love I'm saying? I love I'm it. I love it. Hey, cheap trick is in my top ten. That's all I got to say. Maybe even in my top five. Right. Where's Kiss? Fifteen. <laughs> Still? Well, I don't know. Maybe I should re revamp that list. Maybe uh, something has taken over. I love Kiss, though, man. I'm not going to go back and say I hate Kiss because of these Kiss stars do not influence my musical taste. I'm still going to love Kiss. I'm still going to love everything that Kiss did that I love. Kiss is extremely important. They are my gateway band. They are the band that made me explore hard rock. They're extremely important. I love the fuck out of Rock and Roll Over, Kiss Alive, Ace Fairly Solo Album. All the fucking 70s Kiss albums, you know, excluding a couple of solo albums, they're all fucking amazing. Just because some fucking tart out there doesn't listen to anything else is not going to make me dislike the band. I still love them. Now, will I go see Kiss now? Fuck no. Fuck no. You know? I have my limits, man. I think Kiss is a fucking disgrace now, but I'll always hold on to Ace, Peter, Paul, and Gene. And, you know, I like some of the 80s stuff, too. Yeah. But fuck Kiss now. Fuck them. I love Monster, but fuck them. They, they don't play nothing off Monster. Why the fuck would I go see them? Yeah, you know, nobody, cool. wants, nobody wants to hear that shit. Oh, I would. I would like to hear the whole Monster album. That's the only way I would, sub I would fucking support Scab Kiss. Go up there and play music you guys actually did. And take off the goddamn makeup. Thank you. I, I would like him to play Monster all the way through. That way, that way all the fucking casual motherfuckers would leave. Yeah, exactly. And, It'd and, be like and, the 90s. And all that would be left is the sheep and the freaks. Yeah, like 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 like, like uh, the 90s. Seeing Dio and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest in a club. That's how I would like to fucking experience that shit. With the true motherfuckers. You know? Kiss, right. Kiss is a bad example. But dude, Kiss can release an album with them farting, and they'll still go see it. Kiss tards are, are, are different. But let me tell you something. Kiss tards are kind of losing ground with Motley Crue tards lately. Seriously. Uh, uh, they're all fucking retarded. I mean, people are comparing Kit, uh, uh, Motley Crue to the Who, man. Come on. Yeah, that, that shit's lame. And you should have seen my album track-by-track track battle. Fucking Generation Swine versus uh, Sergeant Pepper. How many people went for Generation Swine? Need hey, I say? Hey man, I, I'll I'll take the two against fucking Motley Crue. You know. Huh. All right. Well, you got a pick of the week there, brother. Um. No. You go. All right. All right. Well, I got one. Uh. 
And if your kids like some thrash, and obviously either you just love this show or you love thrash, because this is a niche episode. Uh, mine is one of my favorite uh, new era thrash bands. They're from Greece. They're called Suicidal Angels. And uh, the one I'm talking about is their 2010 album, Dead Again. Holy shit, is this a great fucking album. I love and, that album. And, uh, you know, if, if you're familiar with artwork, the same guy that did the artwork for Eternal Nightmare did this one, Ed Ripka. Amazing, amazing artwork on this album. But uh, we're not just talking about that. We're talking about the music. These guys are a young thrash band from Greece. And to me, I haven't heard of one album that they put out that I didn't love. You know, that I didn't think like, wow. Um, are they doing anything you haven't heard before? No. But they are really consistent and they are really, really fucking good. If you like old school thrash, uh, check out Suicidal Angels. You will not be disappointed. And definitely check out Dead Again. Uh, a really, really good band. I forget who they were touring with here in the States. Bobby Dahl. Uh, yeah, it might have been Bobby Dahl. But unfortunately, it didn't come to, you know, to my town. Because, oh my God, I've never seen these guys live. But that would be one of those, like, I don't care who was, you know, headlining. Uh, I would be there early to check these guys out. Because they're really, really good. So, Suicidal Angels, dead again. That is my pick of the week. All right, I got a pick of the week, and you know, and and a couple little shout outs too. All right. I touched upon this earlier in our episode five hours ago. Um, the new, the new uh, Toxic Holocaust. Yes, um, very good. I, very good. You know, look, I only heard it once, and the first time hearing it, I'm like, God damn, this is the best thing they ever released. And I'm a huge fan of Overdose of Death, Hell on Earth, Evil Never Dies. I love those albums, but. I felt like this one was more consistent, but you know, the true test is listening to it more, you know, but my first listen, it blew my fucking mind. So that is my pick of the week future. It's called primal future 2019. It is so good. I got to listen to it some more, but I also want to give a shout out to some more newer thrash bands that people should check out, especially you guys that, you know, you lost your way, but you still remember the greatness of eternal nightmare. And you're listening to my voice right now because you want to hear about this classic thrash album, but you never really, you're not aware of some newer thrash bands that I think that you will love since you are a fan of Eternal Nightmare. And the first one will be Power Trip. Uh, they're, oh, yeah. Oh, they're fucking good. awesome. Uh, they're, they're badass. I love Power Trip. Another one is called Havoc. Um, yes. Very awesome thrash yes. band. Havoc. Um, I, I believe that they were produced by Dave Mustaine's son. Uh, Were they? Yeah, for a short period of time, his son Justice started, you know, uh, he was managing bands. And uh, and they, they did a short tour where they opened up for Megadeth. Nice. But but then they had some uh, some disagreements, and it kind of seems, you know, I'm, I'm just going by what I read, uh, but it seems like Justice was kind of being Sharon Osbourne kind of a way. And Havoc was like, hey, we ain't having this. And they split with it. But Havoc is a band I would highly recommend. I really dig them. Uh, that's one I will totally back you up on. And uh, and I, I love Toxic Holocaust as well. But yeah, Havoc is a kick-ass fucking thrash band. 
And another one I want to give a shout out to is called Violator. Um, they're from Brazil, and they're a fucking awesome thrash band. And uh, Merciless Death is pretty good. I haven't heard enough. Uh, a band that came and went and only released one album that's very reminiscent of Kill 'Em All era Metallica is a band called Mantic Ritual. Um, those would be my, you know, look at even though Mantic Ritual's not around anymore, uh, give them a shot because they are. If you like the old school thrash, you're gonna love that band. And it's a goddamn shame they're no longer around. Who, who's the band from Brazil? Uh, Violator. Yeah, watch out for them because they're all rapists and uh, drug addicts. And, uh, yeah, and and gonna be the subject of the next Rambo movie. Yeah, exactly. So so what, build the wall around them. Yeah, but, uh, Rambo's gonna go violate them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. check out, check out the other bands though. You tell Violator, revenge is coming. Oh, good. All right. Well, now it's time to go into fan of the week, and fan of the week unfortunately isn't with us uh this was kind of a last minute deal but it's chris daniel and chris daniel left us an amazing donation and an amazing request violence yeah yeah and 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 a hundred dollar donation which is fucking mind-blowing mind-blowing uh and we are so behind i mean we're still doing you know donations from year two and year three uh, this year, at least on my end, I'm going to pay all my costs uh, oh, to get shit. there. I can't go there. <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, you, you, you can do it. I'm just saying I want to lower it because we're, we're so behind. I'm, I'm going to, like, do what I got to do to pay ahead of time. I already know. I mean, the, the date's already been announced for the next Rock and Pod, uh, all this shit. I'm going to do what I got to do because... I mean, I just don't see how we can do it. I mean, we have probably 30 fucking episodes that we need to do, combining second year and third year donations. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, I just don't want to get backlogged anymore myself, personally. Uh, you know, Ralph may do a thing. Maybe, maybe he can buy uh, Dr. Fuck shirts, you know, to, to pay. I ain't going to cover it. Well, well, they should Dead got Pantheon or something, dude. Yeah, we, I need help. Okay, all right. Well, we'll try to do something. Uh, but yeah, um, we've got a lot of fan episodes to do, and we will honor. Like I said, we will honor every fucking episode. And I know we have some weird episodes coming up. Some shit Rouse gonna hate. Some shit I'm gonna hate. Some shit neither one of us knows. We will honor every fucking request but we are so backed up I mean mean, if we did all fan episodes up until the next expo we wouldn't be done Uh, but we we might do something in the future you know uh, Pantheon or whatever the fuck you call it Uh, you know but I want to thank Chris and I want to apologize because he was not part of this episode but he did give us multiple albums. Like, hey, pick any of these three. I picked this one personally because I knew how much it meant to Ralph. And I knew Ralph wouldn't have to study it. He wouldn't bitch. He'd be like, hey, oh, all right, awesome. Uh, but but Chris, we're going to pick another one. We are going to have you on the show. Uh, you know, of course, we'll have to set it up ahead of time. Uh, but, uh, but 
Chris, dude, you've been a great, great fan, a great listener of the show. You've been around. You contribute all the time on the page. So, Chris Daniel, I want to thank you so much, brother, uh, for everything you've done, everything you've contributed. Uh, you know, it's because of motherfuckers like you, we keep going. So, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. I had a lot of fun doing this on my very dark time and my fucked up life. Yes. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this eternal nightmare, come back for next week's nightmare, where I'm going to pick one that fucking Ralph fucking hates. Uh, let's see. Maybe next week will be Tool. Maybe next week will be Jane's Addiction. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to pick something Ralph has to fucking study. And uh, we'll see how that goes. It's not going to go good. Let me. <laughs> I better not have this pain when we get around to that. Find that out. will be a pain for you fucking people that like those shitty bands. Find out next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Holocaust, Holocaust, Holocaust.